Welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks, episode 169. My name is Chris, and let's go. like that that's our new theme song workshopping we don't know if that's for sure yet or not but <laughs> join me in our uh, cyber studio today is my good friend calder ness what's going on calder uh not much chris what's going on with you uh man i just got off work so i'm so much better than where i was but uh we got a bunch of stuff to go through today uh this is calder and i's very first episode of just calder and i uh we'll go over some of that information here in a little bit expanding on that but um Drew, Hunter, and Austin have uh, ridden off into the sunset, and Calder and I are back in the saddle. So let's just start off by saying that I want to formally thank all of the guys and maybe girls on uh, Reddit, on Twitter, and at uh, the Comic Book University, which is a local comic book shop here in Indianapolis. Um, I just posted on all of those places and spoke to these guys about how we were going to be going through some major changes, uh, losing Drew, uh, and we just wanted everybody support and thoughts on where they thought it was going. I asked for constructive criticism. We got back some really great responses. Overall, I just feel like it was a very, very positive experience to get on there and talk to everybody about that stuff. So thank you, everyone. For all of that and uh i mean you guys know who you are um calder you want to move on to some news with me i absolutely do well or maybe some maybe we should do some announcements first how about how about that okay um all right so i have inherited everything that is dial h for hero clicks which includes the youtube channel so the first announcement is that we are bringing back the youtube channel uh we are going to completely start putting and by the time you're listening to this all of the episodes will be up on youtube to be listened to uh so if you are not listening in your car or whatever you want to be playing on your laptop desktop whatever and you want to have us playing on in the background that will be an option so there's that um we are going to be reopening the mailbag entirely uh i noticed there weren't weren't a lot of people emailing in I, I mean I didn't notice that until recently because I didn't have access to the email account but now I do so guys girls just send in questions comments concerns whatever um, just want to say hey yeah of course we'd love to hear from you guys uh, you can do that as well on Twitter and on our Facebook which Calder is going to be the one running our Facebook yeah social media expert over here social media expert um, okay, so that's it for announcements. Let's let's go on to some news. Um, in case you haven't heard, a couple sets just dropped. Uh, both the no, really, yeah, right. Sets dropped. Like no, what? Um, two sets dropped to be specific. Uh, the Thor set and the Undead set. Which have you got a chance to gotten a chance to look through all of the Undead set? I actually haven't. Not on the undead or any of the new stuff they did, like the vampires and werewolves and everything else. Oh man, it's some good stuff. This is a pretty solid set. Like out of the entire set, I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, there's 19 figures in the entire set, and out of them, only like four of them are what I would I would consider non 
generic figures. So, I mean, if 15 pieces out of your set are generics, that's fantastic. You can run an entire skeletal army, a demonic army, werewolves, vampires. You've got ghosts. Uh, man, there's all kinds of good stuff in this. And I, I'm really glad that they did something completely different for a while, or in a while. Are the pieces, like, super competitive and meta and stuff like that? No, they're not. But they're super fun to play. Every character that they made in the set has the monster keyword, which you would, I mean, you would expect. But, you know, there are some follies as far as keywords and stuff on, on characters throughout the past. So I'm really glad to see that you can play this entire set on a theme team. It's not a name theme That's team, but it's at least amazing. a theme team. So. And I don't know what you're talking about, the competitive side here. You can play Ghost Abraham Lincoln, Zombie Abraham Lincoln, like a zombie or something. 300 points, super meta team right there. Super meta me. team. Although, I will say, Frankenstein's monster and Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, they go really, really well to go and, together, and the synergy is uh, pretty insane. So I'm glad that they did that. Um, I, like, I like the mechanics of the werewolves that they did. Now, there's two werewolves. There's werewolf and then werewolf alpha. Um, Werewolf Alpha is actually pretty good. Um, it, it's got the same mechanic of, uh, what was it, Wolfsbane that was released in the, as the LE not too long ago, where you roll at the beginning of your turn, and depending on what you roll is where you click it to on the dial. And it's got three separate parts to its dial, <clears throat> and you can you just flop back and forth between them. For 50 points, though, uh, if you do manage to land on... Uh, let's see. Turn were uh, werewolf to a red click number of the same number. Four through five <coughs> turn him to blue click of the same number. Um, and six turn him to click number one. So you start off, well, actually, you don't really start off at any particular one. You roll it at the beginning of your first turn. You're either going to get hypersonic speed, um, and when werewolf alpha makes a close attack, he deals penetrating damage, which is awesome. That is really awesome. For 50 points. Or the other side of it is you get Charge Blades with Battle Fury. And then if you roll a 6, you get um, 12 attack, 18 defense with willpower, 3 damage with a power that says, do not turn Werewolf Alpha's dial when the D6 is rolled for his trait. When Werewolf Alpha would clear action tokens, roll a D6. 1 through 4, instead of clearing tokens, turn him to a red click number 1, which is right back to the very beginning of his dial. Or 5 through 6, only remove 1 action token, and he has Protected Outwit. So that's nice. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. The the whole set overall is is pretty decent. Oh, I'm gonna buy so much of this. It's not even a joke. Yeah, it, it's sweet. And the sculpts are really good too. But that is not the main news. Um I am so excited. The Thor set finally dropped. It looks fantastic. There were were honestly there was not very much in the set that disappointed me in any capacity. So it just it was the turnaround set that I think that WizKids needed for the what if in Elseworlds because I just I couldn't get into that at all. But this Thor set oh, is yeah. fantastic. Um, and then last thing in the news before we move on to some something completely different. Um, if you go to the HeroClix uh, press room, they did release an article. It's called HeroClix Rule Structure, and what that basically does is just lie, line out how they decided, why they decided to put the rules out the way they did. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, what they did is they released a uh, like a quick start rule 
then they released a core rule, and then they released a, like like an advanced ruling. Um, it's interesting. I would I would read through it, and then they explain what they're going to kind of do here in the future uh, as far as available PDFs that they say are going to be available soon. Uh, as far as erratas and clarifications, they're going to move them into uh, modern age. They're calling them ENC uh, erratas and clarifications. So modern age ENC, golden age ENC, and they're going to separate those by universe and a general quote rules language errata end quote document. So. I'm okay with it. What do you think? Uh, no, I think it's the way to go. It's yeah, clear cut, pretty nice, actually. They said that the quick start rules or the abbreviated, abbreviated rules are included in sidekick night packs. Um, I, have you heard anything about that, like online or anything about sidekick nights? Are they doing well? Uh, I see. I don't know. There's a few places in the state where you can go and I think only one shop has started doing sidekick nights mm -hmm. and I do not know what the attendance for that has been I do know I'm super ready to beat some little kids at hero clicks so I can get that Captain America figure but besides that I don't know much else about sidekick nights that's super funny that's you just into beating little children well I mean <laughs> That's a pretty good Captain America, if you ask me. Just, just saying. <laughs> if I gotta bring like some kid, like go by the school. Hey, you wanna go play Hero Clicks and bring him down? Like, hey, that's my sidekick for the night. Let's go win us a Captain America. And, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, don't like creep around schools looking for little kids to go and play Hero Clicks with you. Yeah, abs do not do that. Jimmy, this get in my car. We're gonna go play Hero Clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. So the the Thor set did drop, and I actually went to the release the other night. And if you saw Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, I did pretty decently. I don't know if I won second or first, to be completely honest. Uh, so what I pulled was a Lorelei and Zeus, which I just have to say, if you pull Zeus in sealed, it was sealed 300, you need to play Zeus. <laughs> first of all, he has traded shape change. Um, second of all, he starts top dial with 12 attack and this stupid energy explosion that says, if you only attack one character, you target one character with the attack, it does, it increases the damage of what a regular energy explosion is by two, and it splashes off onto everyone that wasn't a target. So in one game, there were four characters that were right next to each other. I hit the middle one, and with 12 attack, it hit every character. So I did... I did 16 damage in one turn. Of course, it was reduced on a few of the figures, but it was like 16 damage spread out. I was like, this was dumb. Holy That is insane. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. Um, I did... I, I think I would have won entirely, like, hands down, had the very last match. I was 2-0 going into the last match, and the last match I rolled Snake Eyes twice in the same match with... Oh. I was not happy, but at the end of it, there were there were only two ball and chains, adamantium ball and chains, and I got one of them. So I, I honestly I don't know if I won first or second, but it doesn't really matter because I you know I got the ball and chain. So, Yo, ball and chain. Yeah. All right. Do you, have you seen that thing? It's dumb. I'm sure we'll talk about. It. Okay, all right, we'll get we'll get to it. Which actually that's a good segue. Segueing into Calder and I are going to go through not the entire set. We don't have time for the entire set. But um, we're going to go through 
commons, uncommons, one from each uh, rarity slot all the way down, including equipment, including colossals of what we personally just enjoyed the hell out of, of this set. We need to get it, or it's just a really well-done figure. Uh, just similar into the past. This is nothing new. So, Calder, you want to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. My common pick for the set is good old Klaus, or many people may know him as the King Cobra. Uh, they kind of said they were going to throw in some... Oh, yeah, no, go for it. He has the same last name as Jason. Yeah! <laughs> Klaus Voorhees. Voorhees. Just scary. Like that dude, he's a mass murderer right there. He's a serial killer. So, this, yeah, confirmed. And his name's Klaus, for goodness sake. So, they mentioned they were going to put some more Serpent Society in the set. Uh, apparently, they meant they were going to put one, one Serpent Society person <laughs> in the set, just to help round off everything, I suppose. So, he has Animal Ruler, Serpent Society, and Thunderbolts. He's only 55 points. Uh, five range, totally basic uh, symbols all around. He has the sneak attack trait, which is, if you're familiar with Amazing Spider-Man, not Amazing Spider-Man, Spirit Foes Spider-Man, he can use phasing teleport. When he does, he moves three scores less. He can make a close attack, which is great, because he has phasing with a 10 speed and plasticity top dial. Well, actually, through his entire dial, he's got plasticity. And then his damage power that he has for all his five clicks is strike at their hearts. Nice. I love, <laughs> love these snakes. Leadership. If King Cobra uses it and succeeds, he may remove an action token from a friendly character with the Serpent Society keyword, regardless of adjacency. So, and then you increase his leadership role by plus one for each friendly character that is adjacent to an opposing character. All these Serpent Society figures are really, they're all close combat pieces, so he's going to be removing a token at least once per turn if you're running it on, on a full Serpent Society team. So I just think he's super flavorful and a great way to round off the Serpent Society. So that'd be my common pick. That was a really sweet um, addition, I said, regardless of adjacency. So, I mean, you can hide him behind other stuff. You, with the phasing teleport, you just bounce him around. Uh, he was. He's a good figure to round off the Serpent Society. Makes no sense in the set, but... No, none at all, but... Actually, no, that's a lie. In, in older uh, Thor comic books, back when it was still called Journey of the Mystery, uh, he fought King Cobra. Did he? Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, at the beginning of this year, and I've dropped off, but I was like, I'm going to start Thor from the beginning because I have them all in digital. I think I made it like 30 issues in, and I'm pretty sure King Cobra was in like two of those or three of those or something. So I guess he makes sense, so I take back what I said. Uh, my common pick is actually going to be uh, number two, Loki. Uh, I, I think this is just such a fun figure. It's kind of reminiscent in, in a small way of – do you remember that – uh, I've got Mysterio hero click where you like generate multiple Mysterios. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I was thinking more of like the Nick Fury LMDs, but he's oh, like yeah, that no, too. Oh yeah, no, he has like that too. Yeah, that makes more sense because you had like one that started at a higher point, and then the other one costs like fewer points for each one that you played. They they were all similar, yeah. like a lower point value. So yeah, it's similar to that. So um, he has no team affiliation, which. I I think every Loki should have Mystics, but, I mean, he's only a 65-point character, so what else, you know, whatever. Uh, he has five range with one bolt. Keywords are Asgardian Deity and Mystical. He has a trait. It says God of Trickery, and this is an optional trait. Uh, if you want to pay 10 additional points at the beginning of the match, you can do this. It says during force construction, you may add a 2002 Loki to your starting force on the click number one that appears after the KO line. So it's an orange KO line and then a red KO line, and then there are two clicks. 
that it has after that. Now, the, those two clicks are identical to the first two clicks of his 65-point dial. So, you know, it doesn't... You don't, you don't know if you're hitting the real Loki or an illusion Loki, which I think is great. That he's, It's called the God of Trickery, so that's fantastic. Um, he has a second trait called Illusion or Reality. Loki starts the game on click number one that appears after the blue KO line. That's click number one. Um, until an effect needs to know, you don't have to reveal the point value of a 002 Loki. I, I don't know how that will play exactly. I don't know if I would ever play a Loki where it would call for that to come into play, but I, we'll figure it out. Here's why I like this Loki, though. So on top dial, he starts with uh, phasing teleport, incapacitate with 10 attack, 18 defense with super senses, and a special defense power. It's called, my my, you just keep falling for this, don't you? Uh, shape change. When Loki uses it and succeeds after resolutions, you may generate within range and line of fire a 002 Loki on the click number one that appears after the orange KO. They have a zero point value for all effects. So... First of all, he's going to be hard to hit because he has shape change super senses, and that's never a good combo. Uh, but if you do manage to succeed on the suit, on the shape change, you're going to keep generating more Lokis. And theoretically, you could just keep generating more Lokis. Yeah, just like with the wizard who would throw out like tigers every time he hit shape change and stuff. So now he throws out more duplicates of himself. It, it's it's sweet. Um, now, the 65.1 has this power, but not the illusions. Uh, he has a defense power on click three that says, This no longer amuses me. Uh, it's a stop click, and it gives him invulnerability. Each time this click is revealed, KO all other friendly 002 Loki. So, that sucks. So but, they all disappear. Yeah, they all disappear, because <laughs> like, you found the right one, and you hit him and knock him down. It makes sense, right? But yeah, um, just don't put that Loki up in the front line, you know? Like, I this is very, uh, it's, it's not a versatile piece by any means, but you, you really need to watch your placement on on your Loki, you know? The, your real Loki, not the illusory Lokis. But you have 10 attack with incapacitate, so even these little peon guys that have zero points, you just keep throwing those at people, then you may incapacitate them, or they just are wasting attacks attacking a Loki that isn't the real Loki. So that's yeah. why I chose this Loki. I just thought he was sweet. Actually, the style design is actually really cool. Like, how many times has Loki just multiplied himself using illusions and stuff in comics, and we've never gotten a version of him that actually does that? Well, so his, I think it's about uh, time. Isn't his power, the name of it, the my my, you just keep falling for this, don't you? That's reminiscent of the Avengers movie, right? Where the Thor goes oh, yeah, to yeah. attack Loki... And he like swings on him. No, he tries to to tackle him, I think. And then he ends up in the containment unit that they actually created for the Hulk. And he's like, "You fall for this every time, or something." So makes sense. Yeah, well done. That was that was a, that's a cool Loki. Not super expensive, so if you don't really like Loki as a character that much, this is at least a damn good figure. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, uncommons. Who'd you pick? I picked uh, Eric Masterson for my uncommon. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I have no idea. It's crazy. <laughs> so good old, good old Eric. He has no special combat symbols, no range. He is one keyword. Avengers. He's 15 points. He has willpower and enhancement top dial with a trait and a special attack powers. Trait is. Oh, we'll do this attack power first. He can use perplex as a power action. 
and may target a friendly character to five points or more within three squares. So he's got willpower, and then he has to power action to perplex if somebody who's 75 points or more in three squares. So it's like a little moral support with his already passive enhancement. His trait is where it gets really cool. When Eric Masterson would be KO'd by an opponent's attack, you may instead choose to replace him with either T- the Mighty Thor set number 18 Thor or the 062 Thunderstrike. If you do, roll a D6 and increase the result by the damage dealt to Eric Masterson. That would KO him, so all the damage would be dealt to him. And the replacement character begins the game on click one and immediately takes the rest of that damage as unavoidable damage. What I just think is awesome and there's some pretty easy ways to give him like invulnerability or impervious or invincible or whatever is if you can just get him to die in a really just easy way, like, cause they're going to want to take him out eventually sometime if they don't totally like have Hulk run up and smash like a heavy into him for six damage or something. You're probably going to get either Thor or Thunderstrike, whichever one you have. And if you manage to get Thor, let's say late dial, you know, I can click, four through six he's got outwit which is always awesome and then if you have thunderstrike he can heal all the way back up because he has you know the thunderstrike equipped which when he does knockback damage he can heal quick so it's pretty great and also thunderstrike late dial has close combat expert and just amazing combat values so i don't know i think it's really flavorful really really wicked cool i like what they did with both him and jane foster so with that yeah right actually let's hold on one second so you replace him with Thunderstrike, right? I don't yep. know if you get the I don't know if you get Thunderstrike with Thunderstrike. Cuz I'm pretty sure that's like force construction. Starts the game with yeah. Thunderstrike equipped. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. St- still though, like switching on to that guy like the Chase Thunderstrike that's not a yeah. bad option. Like and for 15 points, it's just 15 points. That's like he's easily a fillable character like Oh, I have 15 points of spin. What do I what do I do with it? Oh, throw Eric Masterson on there. And he's got a keyword that like half of the Marvel universe has. Yeah, so you can just have him theme team prob enhancement. He's already earned his 15 points by doing that. So yeah, that's true. Um, but you did you mentioned uh, who I picked for my uncommon, which is Jane Foster number 22. I finally found a figure to replace my Donald. Uh, Blake. Yeah, Donald Blake. I was like, what's his last name? That's, see, that's how little I care about Donald Blake now that they made this Jane Foster figure. <laughs> um, so th- that Donald Blake, he was 33 points, and he had support, and he had uh, uh, defend, and you, you know he could lower their defense, and he could support them. Well, imagine that figure with willpower, I mean Indom, and then she's also three points cheaper. And then she also has a special damage power that says, please try to hold still support, even if her target is adjacent to an opposing character. You can just put her right behind, like, you can have a guy right in front of her attacking, and she's supporting while behind while he's melee attacking other people. She actually See, works really great with Thors. That is, she really she really does. I mean, it's kind of like nuts. It's like, hold still, I'm trying to put a band-aid on you, dude, and you're like slugging it out with some guy. It's so great. But... To top it off, to, to just put that cherry right on top, she has a trait. It says, only here to help. Opposing characters of 75 points or more can't draw lines of fire to Jane Foster until it is the only character on the map from that force. When an adjacent friendly character is KO'd by an opponent's attack after resolutions, you may roll a d6 and replace Jane Foster with the Thor 
uh, the female Thor number 17 from the set on a click number equal to the result. So you don't add any additional damage like you do with Masterson. Um, that Thor, which is number 17, she does have seven or six clicks, so uh, you don't have to worry about rolling onto a, a KO click or anything but like that. But almost every single click that you would click onto is a good click. The only click I would argue is not a good click is click four, but like the last click, she has 11 attack, pulse wave, four damage printed. The first click, she has 11 attack with charge, with quake, with four damage printed. And then she has a trait that says force blast once per turn when Thor hits one or more opposing characters with an attack after resolution, she may make a ranged attack, target a single opposing character that hasn't been attacked this turn. So you run up, you charge up, you quake, you knock people back, then you fire some random pot shot. And there's something that we'll bring up later, um, but it, it's important to know for this character. But yeah, I just think that this Jane Foster is fantastic. They did a very good job on her, and I would not have thought that she would have been as good of a figure as she is, but yeah, well done. She, they did a good job. I'm really excited. We finally have a Jane Foster since, like, the Pog, and we have a cheap female Thor we can get. You know, instead of being a super rare, she's just an uncommon. So that's really awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, hit me with your rare. My rare. The Wrecker. Super excited for finally getting him, because I never could ever trade for him from the Iron Man set, the oh, super really? rare Wrecker. Yeah. Dude, he was good, too. Horrible. Horrible. Like, I know. That's so this no right. wanted to give it to you. But. That, that makes complete sense. So he's 125 points. He's got Masters of Evil team ability. No special combat symbols. Brute Masters of Evil Wrecking Crew are his keywords. He has two traits. First we can go over Proof Movement. Ignores Blocking Terrain and destroys Blocking Terrain as he moves through it. He starts the game with the Enchanted Crowbar and Equipped, which gives him... Go over that really quick. It gives him Exploit Weakness when this character attacks. Hit characters that can use Invincible or Impervious... Use invulnerability instead. That's not basically that's not that. No, that's horrible. That's, not that's horrible. Though. I don't know why they do that to somebody. <laughs> so bad. So he also has another trait: live up to the name, improve movement, nor is hindering terrain. When Wrecker occupies a debris marker, he can't be targeted by an opposing character five or more squares away. So dope. So he already destroys blocking terrain as moving through it. So he's gonna make a debris marker wherever he goes. And then his final special damage power he has for the first four clicks is Empower and Leadership. When Rector uses Leadership and succeeds, after resolutions, each friendly character with the Wrecking Crew keyword within three squares may destroy a wall or a square of blocking terrain adjacent to themselves. They, they uh, are going to just... They're just going to destroy the heck out of this map. Which is good, because they all have the live up to the name trait and can't be targeted five or more squares away you put them in hindering terrain, right? So you bash through, say, a yep. wall, you're, you're right inside of hindering terrain, just end your movement. Now they have to get within five of you because they can't, they can't target you. Uh, and, and it says can't be targeted by opposing characters. It, it, it's not stealth. No. Nope. It's, it's better. Um, and his, his speed is nine, so he can charge that five <laughs> outside, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Nine charge, eleven attack, super strength, seventeen defense, invincible, with four damage and special damage power, top dial. Pretty, he's pretty solid for 125 points. 
you not know, to mention I, he's also rocking exploit weakness. I would probably be a supervillain too if my real name were Dirk Garthra- Garthwaite. Garthwaite. Dirk Garthwaite. Man. What a name. That's just... He never stood There's a no chance, coming did back he? He was, like, he was probably no. bullied in school, and he's like, one of these days I'm going to show them by finding an enchanted crowbar. He's really good, though. It's a very specific... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's comics. I mean, you can make up whatever you want to make up. Going off that, it's, it's amazing Richard Ryder never became a supervillain, to be honest. He would be a good supervillain. Super <laughs> oh, I love Richard Ryder, though. He's good stuff. Um, is that all you had to say about Wrecker? Other than the fact yeah, that's all you had to say about Wrecker. Uh, Super awesome, yeah. You're um, rare. Okay, my rare is Troll, number 39. Now, I've actually read this run of the Thunderbolts, and I thought it was just fantastic. So when they made Troll, not only did it make sense, because she, she is like an Asgardian. She really is. Uh, but she was raised by, I'm pretty sure, Trolls. Um, but they made her make sense, and then she turned out to be a really good figure, and I was like, you know, man, they did a good job on this one too. So, uh, zero range, 60 points, no team affiliation, keywords as Guardian, Thunderbolts, Brute, and Monster. She has a trait, which is fantastic. It's called I Can Smell Them Free. Choose an adjacent friendly character. That character can use improved targeting, uh, ignores hindering terrain this turn. So she gives you stealth busting if you put her right <laughs> next to, you know, some range character. And then, uh, so say she's right next to this stealth character, and they want to decide to come up in your face and take out this character. Because she's only 60 points, so you'd think, oh, she's not going to be that much of a threat. Let me take out this higher point character that's shooting me. Yeah, well, no, because she has 11 attack with blades, 3 damage, and with the new rules of of uh, blades she can get a minimum of two damage with exploit but she has she has a special movement power that gives her charge and leap and climb when troll uses charge she can use improved movement elevated hindering elevated hindering outdoor blocking move through squares adjacent to or occupied by opposing characters it doesn't she doesn't care that's not good no that's not good she doesn't care at all she just goes wherever she wants to it's called leaping attack and you, hell yeah, I guess. I mean, if you have improved elevated too, you just pop up on. Man, that's good. For 60 points, and I, this is a character I, I never figured that they would have made. But That's goodness. actually really disgusting. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. I was, I was pretty excited just to see her because I really liked her in the comic books. She's like this really brash, and I mean, she was raised by like trolls or something, so she acts exactly how you would think. You know, very uncivilized and. They have to, like, rein her in and keep her kind of on a leash, a short leash, to keep track of her. So I think the dial represents that. It's accurate. All right. Um, super rares, and I just want to just want to point out you stole mine, jerk. <laughs> That's okay. You go. All right. So I chose the Thor Odin Sun title character ability, title character, super rare, which is, I was super disappointed because I made a bet with a friend like months ago. I was like, I'll give you anything that the, the, the title character is going to be unworthy Odin's son. I lost that bet. That was not, that was not fun. Well, but it is still Thor, at least. I was half right. Yeah, they got the chase. But I was not, like, not ah, it's going to be a title character. But... Yeah. So we're just trying to God, read through these. Title character abilities. Who's amazing block of text. 
Anyways, he starts the game with, I believe, three plot tokens. Plot points, sorry. So, really quick, actually, I'm going to go over. He's 175 points. He has seven range. He has flight and indom. He has Asgardian Avengers and Warrior. And top die, you're looking at 11 hypersonic, 12 attack, super strength, 19 defense invincible, and 4 damage. You know you know what I just realized? And, you're reading off the HC realms like the regular unit section, aren't you? Yeah. Remember we were talking about uh, uh, Doctor Strange and like how it was really hard to read that block of text? Yeah. Because they, they need to figure out how to format title characters better. Um, I just sent you a Twitter screenshot of uh, the unit, not the unit section, but a better, easier version of All reading right. it. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So, I absolutely love his bringing the lightning. This is his plus one free. When Thor Odison targets and hits a single opposing character with a ranged attack, this turn, after resolutions, once per turn, he may make a ranged attack targeting a different opposing character. So you can, theoretically, you can hypersonic up, shoot somebody, and then wherever you end your hypersonic, you can go ahead and shoot someone else from there. And then his minus one, restore the lost Asgardians, is place adjacent another friendly character, the Asgardian keyword. If you do, heal both Thor, Odin's son, and that character, pluck one click, which is actually pretty helpful if you need to heal him back up to hypersonic speed when he gets mid-dial or anywhere. And then his really cool end-all, be-all, negative eight, free. For the rest of the game, as long as Thor, Odin's son is on the map, when an opposing character would get an action tokens, it gets two action tokens instead. So dumb. That is ridiculous. Here, I do. I am going to make a prediction, though. You will probably never see an ultimate that is that high ever again. Negative eight is kind of crazy. But for what it does, this is effectively, I don't know how many people out there play uh, played magic, but this is effectively Nickel Bolas's level of ultimate. It's just dumb. The fact any, you're slowing your opponent down by 50% by doing this. Anything that they could possibly want to do. And then also, I just want to point out that um, this combos very well with that Jane Foster that I was just talking about because she has the Asgardian keyword. So even if she's all across the map and she's healing up other figures and then you, you trigger his second ability, you're going to bring her over. He's going to heal up. And then you could start healing him up with support too. That is insane. Wow. Okay. That's good stuff. Um, she's... I didn't, I didn't remember that she had the Asgardian keyword. That's cool. Uh, yeah, he does start with three plot points. And then, so I found something. We went in, I, I've spent hours poring over the new rule books. And I found on uh, the comprehensive rule book on page 22. Now, the wording of how you get plot points says that if you don't make an attack, you are dealt one unavoidable damage at the end of the turn. So I, it got me to thinking. I was like, "Oh, do you need to do you need to attack characters? Because you used to be able to attack objects and walls." And then I found, oh okay yeah. So I was like, "Oh man, well I'll just sit back here. I'll attack some walls. I'll attack a wall, or I'll do this every turn, you know, and build up those plot points really easily." And then I found on uh, page twenty-two of the comprehensive rulebook. It says destroy uh, destroy actions on walls and blocking terrain are not attacks. So it would not trigger the ability to use this without taking the unavoidable. So that shot that idea right in the foot. But I just anyone out there that had the same idea, I already looked it up. You can't do it. But damn, it would have been cool. 
It would have been so great. It just would have worked. Yeah, right? We were this close, this close this to greatness. And speaking of this close to greatness, I will say, because I've complained multiple times on the podcast before about how I just never thought they made the definitive Thor. Do I think this is the end-all, be-all Thor? No. But I think this is the single best Thor that I have ever seen made that fits my purposes of how I think that he plays, with the one small exception of I don't understand why they gave him hypersonic speed. Other than that, the rest of it, it it's cool. It makes sense. I really like the multi-attack that he basically gets from his first ability. The last ability, the God of Thunder, it's almost emulating like he has summoned this enormous thunderstorm that's just beating your enemies with rain to the point where they get two action tokens because it takes twice as much effort to accomplish the smallest of tasks because the weather outside is just like ridiculous you know so even that i was like oh man this is flavorful this is cool i i'll take it he starts with 19 top dial invul or invincible like he's he's fantastic he's a good character and i don't think that i'll ever get my anything better than this so i will take this i'll accept this as my you know my thor this is a great figure and i really really want it it's <laughs> good pretty much everything in the set's good but i mean this one's really actually good. yeah pretty much everything is pretty awesome um now i i did not pick this as my super rare but i just want to point out that there are two title characters in this set uh number 49 Thor, and then number 50, Loki, Agent of Asgard. So go and read those. It's it's also good. Pretty much all of this is good. Um, but the super rare that I chose was actually uh, Beta Ray Bill. Um, you know what? He was spoiled, wasn't he? He was spoiled on... He was spoiled. Kids. You know what? And he's Last also night, a chase. He's also a chase. Oh, that's, that's right. That's what I chose as my chase. What I chose as my super rare, I don't know why I wrote this in the wrong spot, was uh, the Unimind. Did you get to read that? That I was reading through his thing. I, I yeah no, I was looking at this just the other day, and I'm like, wow, Wizkids is right. They are going to make more complicated figures up high in super rares. This is insane. What he okay, does. So all of the text, it makes it look like it's actually really complicated, but it's really not. Uh, once you understand it, it totally makes sense, but it's kind of it would be a definite if you're new to the game and you look at that and you're like oh lord i can't begin to understand all that but basically i'll just i'll break it down go ahead okay yeah i was just gonna say he's pretty much night lantern once you kind of figure out what he's doing here like choosing a figure or like another eternal or whatever on the sideline anyway no you read through it all Okay, so he has three uh, different point values, 370, 275, and 150. He has the Power Cosmic Team ability. He has 10 range with two bolts, the Eternal Keyword, the Cosmic Keyword. Uh, He starts off on top dial at the 370 point mark. Uh, And I I think, honestly, just for realistic sake, uh, I'm going to cover the the. 370 mark and a 275 mark because I think most people, if you're playing a 300 point game, obviously you can't play the first one so you'll be playing the second one. So what does that give you compared to the first one? But The first one gives you 11 speed with running shot. He has flight by the way. 13 attack with pinsai. 19 defense with uh, invincible and 5 damage with outwit. 
Um, so his stats are are balling. Like it's amazing. And he has three stop clicks if you start him on top dial. So he has a stop click on click three, click six, and click eleven. Uh, and those stop dial stop clicks also say that he has a impervious and regeneration. But the stats alone are not why you would be playing this character because he has two traits that are just absolutely bonkers in addition to improved targeting. Improved targeting, he has uh, ignores hindering. This character can make ranged attacks while adjacent to opposing characters. So on top dial, you have your 13 attack with your pin side and they base you. Don't worry about it. Just, just plow right through their defenses. But um, if you do start him in his 275 dial, he starts off with sidestep instead of running shot, but he has 10, 10 speed, uh, 12 attack with precision strike, which is still really good, uh, especially if you're paying 275 points for a figure, you would expect it to. 18 defense with invincible, 4 damage with uh, probability control, which, that's almost like the trade-off. Instead of getting outwit top dial, you might be getting probability control top dial, which I'm okay with. Like, that's a pretty good trade-off. Oh, solid. So, okay, first first trait says Forged in Blue Flame. During force construction, you may include a number of different characters in your sideline with the eternal keyword, adding five points to Unimine's point cost for each. If he starts at 150 points, you may include up to three. If he starts at 275 points, you may include up to five, which means that he would obviously be a 300-point figure because um, you're paying... Yeah, it says add the point, add the points to Unimind's point cost for each. So it does actually increase his point total. Um, so if you did that and you put five Eternals on your on your force, which by the way there are five Eternals in this set, you may include up to five. If it starts at 370, you may include any number, which you could go back and pull some of the older uh, non-modern Eternals, uh, the Forgotten one, for example. If you want the with the Hyperions, like the Prime Hyperion and, and uh, I think the King Hyperion and stuff, like those are Eternals. Mm. Uh, the included characters must be used at their highest point value and be turned to their starting click. At the beginning of each turn and whenever Unimine takes damage, you may choose one standard power a chosen character can use. Unimine can use that power until it chooses again. When Unimine would be KO'd... Okay, so hold on before we go any further. So he he's effectively created his own... Um, linking, not linking of dials, his own uh, entities. So yeah, you you fill out the, you play him on the 275 point mark. You put five Eternals on your team, and you get to choose any one power off of that first click on any one of those five characters when he a turn or when he takes damage. So that part is is almost it's identical to the old ones, but. I, I t tell people I don't want to go through it all, but go and look at the five different Eternals from the set and look at what those five options give you as far as powers because it's pretty dumb. It's awesome. Uh, but to continue on, it says, um, when Unimind would be KO'd, instead place it with all the chosen characters on their last non-KO clicks, placing them within four squares of it. Those characters can't be healed this game. So he kind of like reverse Voltrons. <laughs> like you hit him, you KO him, right? He has three stop clicks, so that's already going to be a pain in the ass. But you do finally manage to KO him. And it says 
instead replace it with the chosen character. So they don't score the 300 points right there. You replace them with the characters that make up the Unimind, and then you put those all on the map on their last non-KO clicks, which I, I took the time to actually look at their non-KO clicks, their last non-KO clicks. They're all pretty decent because every single one of them has that cosmic energy trait still. You can still boost up any one of their attacks. You can cancel. They all have the power cosmic. You can cancel that out, use the perplex, increase any one of their combat values by plus two, just like you would normally if you play them at their top dial. You still get that option. So they're all pretty damn good. And then um, it also just says that he's protected from pulse wave. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, so you, you can't... Yeah. Protected pulse wave. That's on his trigger. So you can't pulse wave him and he reverse Voltrons. It's pretty sweet. So that's already cool enough. But then just, just to add a little bit more, he has another trait that says channel vast reserves of comic energy, cosmic energy. Uh, free action. Until your next turn, Unimind can't use the power cosmic team ability but can use perplex and willpower. Pretty similar so far, right? When it uses Perplex, it can modify a combat value by plus two or negative two instead. Pretty similar to the other Eternals so far, right? And then he has one additional sentence that changes how everything works. This turn, it may use Perplex an additional time for every two characters with the Eternal keyword in your sideline that it can choose powers from. It can use Perplex on that itself three times and each time that it uses it, it can increase the combat value by plus two. You want 21 oh defense, God. 15 attack, and 7 damage on for, on top click? Yep, you have it, no problem. Like, But I, at least you can outwit him next turn. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. But he has two bolts, so a smart person would always peg out the person that is like, oh, that character can use outwit? Uh, I have 10 range. Oh, no, okay, hold on. I have 12 range this turn. I'm going to increase my attack and my damage. 15, 7, penetrating from 12 away. I'm going to hit your outwit character for 4, and the rest of the 7 can go to that guy. Like, this is so awesome. I cannot wait to play this character. So, yeah, I, He's I had to pick him. So dumb in a high point game. Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> I can't wait. It's gonna be good. So that's my super rare. Yeah, I knew I knew that that was gonna take quite a bit to get through, but it's so like once you get it, you got it. It's just gonna have to suck if you sit down across the table from somebody that has not played or played against a Unimind, and then you have to sit there and explain all this stuff. Uh, especially if you show up to like a tournament, a time tournament, and then someone's like, "Oh, hold a minute. Uh, the timer's already started, but can I read your card?" You'd be like, oh, son oh. of a bitch. Yes, sure, here it is. But, yeah, man, this is good stuff. And did you see the sculpt? It kind of looks like a, a snot monster, but, yeah. Just, is, he, is he translucent on yeah, it? I can't tell yeah, on is. the ear. Okay. It, to me, it looks like a snot monster, but, I mean, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. He's broken. Not broken, but he's insane. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> he's give good. me a hook snot monster. Even at the 275 mark, I mean, instead of just playing him top dial, you play him at the 275 mark, you you, you still get the three uses of perplex. <laughs> so, 
So oh, wow. Yeah, right. It's not even just the top dial, the 370, but um, at the top dial you could fit 30 on there, 30 points. So that's six. Oh, that's still only three uses of the perplex because it says for each additional two. But it, it, he's he's dumb. He's really good. But let's keep on trucking. Um, who did you pick for your chase? Um, I didn't choose a chase. I was thinking I'm going to talk about a prime since that's basically they're back in the saddle, so we might as well cover those, right? Yeah, sure. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, Scourge, the uncommon prime of the set. Okay. Just one quick thing, really disappointed that he's, like, going to throw his gut at you on the sculpt instead of, like, actually looking like he's shooting dual M16s or whatever. He's just, like, holding one, like how he was holding his axe. It's what like, number? okay, what sure. Number is he? he is number... Shit, right oh, that, here. That, that, 29B. All right, sweet. 29B, there you go. So he has, he's 125 points, no special combat symbols, 7 range, 2 bolts, and he has his Guardian Brute Warrior. Uh, Top Dial's got Sidestep, 7 movement, 10 attack, 18 defense, and vulnerability, 3 damage with special damage power. We're going to go over his trait and all this other stuff really quick, though. And if you want to play a little drinking game, uh, take a shot every time I say the word laugh. I will stay behind, and the last laugh will be mine. This is trait free. Once per game, generate a last laugh marker in the square that Scourge occupies. As long as Scourge occupies the square with the last laugh marker, he modifies his defense value by plus two, takes a maximum of one damage from attacks, and he cannot be moved or placed by opposing characters, which is nuts. It's a little stand-your-ground trait there. And then I'm going to go over his special damage power. Tis Scourge's last laugh. He gets close combat expert and range combat expert, of course. And then he has a stop click all the way at the end of his seven click dial. When you are next in Asgard, laugh Scourge's last laugh together. Stop. Free. Deal Scourge one unavoidable damage. Heal a friendly character three clicks. So really, really cool. Kind of flavorful there. But this is exactly how I imagined if they were going to make a Fear Itself uh, Captain America, the one that when he picked up all the guns and stuff and kind of stood in front of Bronx and Oklahoma, like shooting down yeah. Nazi bots and trolls. That That's sweet. exactly... Yeah, I know, right? It's, I've always wanted them to make that figure, and this is exactly how I imagined they would make him. Maybe not without the... the um, later in his dial, he gets like a ton of steel energy from click three to the end of the dial. He's t- steel energy, and then he's got... Also from click three until a stop click, so for four clicks he has willpower. So this guy is insane. So even though he only has ten attack, three damage, he has range combat expert, close combat expert, so he's bumping up his stats. And he's only taking one damage at a time as long as he stays in that square. And nobody else can move him. So he he's actually pretty nuts. He's just an awesome stand your ground piece. I love it so much. When I get him, I'm gonna mod him, chop his freaking arms off, give him dual guns. <laughs> Um, for those of you that lost track, actually, you need to take six shots, uh, one for each lap <laughs> in between his yep. between his powers, um, which means you really won't make it to the end of this podcast, but uh, you can always replay it later. He is a good yeah. figure, though, um, and I do really like the fact that that defense power on his last click, it's a stop click, but it, it's a free action. You don't have to give Scourge the unavoidable damage and heal a friendly character three clicks, so if there isn't a friendly character like he is the last line so you have no other characters he still has 12 attack with uh with 
So, yeah, 12 attack, 4 damage, steal energy. Steal energy, so I mean, you can heal. If you keep hitting, you can heal all the way back up to click 2, and that's pretty good. So, good stuff. He's um, insane. And now we're going off to the horse, right, Beta Ray? Yeah, was that actually spoiled online? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Like a few weeks ago, we can talk about somebody else since he was already spoiled. He is nuts. I do remember seeing his dial, so yeah. I don't remember. You know, we'll go ahead and we'll cover Unworthy Thor. Uh, he's number 65. Is he fantastic? No, but I do like his sculpt, but I'm actually confused by his uh, his damage power name. So we'll get to that. 125 points as Guardian and Warrior. He does not have the Avengers Keeper. Uh, he has Indom, but he does not have Fight. He has the... Weapon trait that says uh, Unworthy Thor starts the game with Yarn Bjorn equipped. By the way, that's how you pronounce that if you couldn't figure it out. It's not Jarn Bjorn. It's Yarn Bjorn. <laughs> uh, he has a trait that's called Unbroken. He just gives him invulnerability, so he has invul the entire dial. That's good. He has a special speed power that's called Fighting to Survive. He's got Charge and Sidestep. Top dial, he has 7 speed. So you're looking at a let's see, four, five, six square charge, basically, if you include the sidestep. And he has one damage power. It says Hammer of a Dead Reality's Thor, which I'm pretty sure is hearkening to him getting the ultimate Thor's hammer that came through at the end of Secret Ward. It came through the, that little hole as it was closing up, and it made it onto the regular Earth, and the unworthy Thor finds this hammer. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I haven't read it all. But this sculpt does not have ultimate Thor's hammer. He has Yarnbjorn, and I don't know where that hammer is and why you would name this that. Seems like an oversight. But what the damage power gives him is improved movement, ignores hindering terrain. Uh, improved targeting ignores hindering terrain. And Unworthy Thor's range value is 7. So stats-wise, 7, 11, 18, 4. He's solid. Uh, at the very end of his dial, he gets down to 10 attack, which he has 3, 5, 7 clicks of life. He has 10 attack with flurry and 4 damage with battle fury, so screw your shape change. Uh, so what does Yarnbjorn do? Yarnbjorn is actually really sweet. Uh, Yarnbjorn makes it so that if you roll, what is it, a 9 through 11, that hit counts as a critical hit. So you attack and you roll a 9, that's a crit hit. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and there's something even better about that if you roll criticals, and we'll cover that here in just a little bit. But is he great? No, but I, I still think he's cool. I'm glad that they made an unworthy so, war. Yeah, I was I was really stoked to see him made. He's only 125 points for what he does, which is really awesome. I only have one gripe, and that is he doesn't have the Avengers keyword, so I can't play him on a Hydra cap team and make him Hydra. This is really a shame. <laughs> I don't even... Did they even I, interact in that time period? I really don't know. I'm not up to it, date on... Yeah, throughout a Secret Empire, Cap's like, come on, dude, I can lift the hammer. you got to respect me. So, like, Thor's kind of on Team Hydra without really wanting to be there throughout Secret Empire. So, yeah. Oh, that's Thor is, yeah, sadly on Team Hydra. And they did make the ultimate Thor hammer. I've got to remember where it's at, what it's called. The bladed hammer. If you look at the sculpt, it looks just like the ultimate Thor oh, hammer. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's an un. It's like a 
generically named. Uh, it's number 19. Uh, this character's attack roll of 11 that hit count as critical hits. If this character critically hits after resolutions, you may give the hit character an action token. But yes, you're absolutely right. That weapon looks like Ultimate Thor's weapon. And it comes with Groot. Apparently it's four points. So, Actually, you know what? Uh, yeah, we are. We're getting ready to talk to talk about equipment. What was your what was your favorite equipment? Uh, my favorite equipment was it, it's actually the Enchanted Crowbar. But since we already covered that, I guess I can talk about uh, Frogneer. Fro, Frogneer, yeah, sure. However you want to say that exactly. I think it's, it's Frogneer. Frogneer, okay. Yes, Jay's gonna go. Y sound. Frog awesome. So effect, uh, tiny symbol but is still considered a standout character for equipping purposes. And when this character occupies water terrain, modify attack and defense value by plus one. So it gives you tiny symbol, which already gives you a defense plus one against range. And now when you occupy water terrain, you have a defense value that's plus two and your attack value goes up by another plus one. So that is just, I think that's really sweet, especially since it comes with Frog Thor, who already has the swimming symbol, and we'll talk about why it's even better later, right? Yeah. So, yeah, just for how insane your defense is going to be with Frog Thor, it's going to be awesome. And I think it's really cool, because I like making people tiny. It's like, boom, you're a tiny guy with a little tiny hammer now. And I just think it's really flavorful. Sweet. I like it, too. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense with uh, Frog, the uh, Throg. That's his name, Throg. Throg. It's good stuff. Have you seen the sculpt? It's so freaking tiny. It's hilarious. No, it's so small. It's um, arguably one of the smallest items that they have ever made. Now, the little, like, the tiny frog Yolnir is sitting on, like, a little, on a little mound of, like, dirt. But the hammer itself is just so funny. Like, it's so small. Huh. Um, <clears throat> but let's move on to the real version of that. And it's actually just called Mjolnir. <laughs> it's number nine. Ten points. I, I don't know if it's my favorite one in the set, my favorite item in the set, because some of the ones that have already been covered are actually just so good. But I see a lot of potential of this character, or the, of this equipment being abused, and I just couldn't pass up the Thor set without covering this item. So there we go. The effect is, if targeting a single character within range, treat that character as adjacent for close attacks. When making a close attack against a non-adjacent character, modify attack and damage by plus one. I think that is dumb. I think it's... I don't know exactly what that, that is supposed to represent. I want to believe it's the idea of Thor throwing his hammer, so when it hits people, it's like it's still a melee attack. So, yeah, it's, it's sort of like the Age of Ultron Captain America that can make a close attack within six squares, like he's throwing his shield or whatever. Yeah. So it's very reminiscent of that. I really like that. I just I think that this is going to be abused, especially with characters that have very large ranges, like uh, Mistress Death or uh, just something done. Someone will find some way to break this because if you use it, you can use it as a as a close attack, which means that it will trigger such things as uh, steel energy. And then say your character has like blades, claws, and fangs already, like naturally somehow, then I'm pretty sure you can use blades. 
and then when uh, making a close attack against a non-adjacent character, you still get attack and damage plus one. So there's there's quite a bit you can do with this one item, but I honestly would not have wanted anything less out of the. I mean, he's the keystone of this set. This is his. Yeah. It's his hammer. This hammer should be badass, and it is. So. There's some other stuff Actually, that I think is just dumb in the in the set, but this is just really, really good too. It is insane. It's really insane. Actually, Mistress Death, since her touch of death thing is a close attack, and she has 10 range, this is actually perfect pairing with that. That actually is kind of kind of nuts. Yeah, it's wow. It's going to be used. I guarantee you that. I just I just don't know how yet. There are a lot of yeah. players out there that are way better than me, and they probably already thought of like 10 different figures that they're like, oh my god, this is what I finally needed to like make this character really viable, or maybe even meta. So, it's it's pretty damn cool. Um, let's let's get on to the colossals. Which, by the way, all of the colossals in the set are decent to amazing. Um, I did notice that WizKids spoiled all of the amazing ones. And they left us with yep. they left us with the okay ones, um, so and it was like four out of eight or whatever was spoiled, and all four of those were like really good. So the fact that the other four are a little bit lackluster, I'm not mad about it. But what I am, this is my one gripe with the colossals. Two of them have the same. Well, actually, there's two sets of the same sculpt. The Frost Giant number seven and Ymir, Ymir is the same sculpt, as well as Groot and the Flora Colossus are the same sculpt. That's that's what I was figuring. I'm like, what the heck is a Flora Colossus? I've never heard of these guys before. I'm like, they're probably just reusing Groot's sculpt. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they are. They are. So, which one did you pick? I chose Ymir. Okay. So he is 25 points if we're just talking about his colossal retaliation which I just want to go through really quick since that's mostly what people care about uh, free and as you know it's all the same stuff whatever someone's been attacked choose an opposing character place him within four squares and line of fire and then when you do so you ch- okay sorry place him here such that you can make a close attack targeting the chosen character and all other opposing characters in four squares and line of fire then do so instead of normal damage give each hit character two action tokens and I'll be if they do not deal pushing damage, but still, that's pretty awesome. It just means I got to clear next turn. And so going over his, let's do his top dial. He's 550 points. He has one trait, vulnerable to fire. So characters using energy explosion modify their damage value by plus one when attacking mirrors. Flavorful since he is a frost giant. He has his guardian deity, monster ruler, eight range, power cosmic. His special attack power is cold snap, in cap with three bolts. When Ymir uses it. He may also deal normal damage divided amongst the hit targets, which is insane. So he's already with hot dogs, running shot, 12 attack, 5 damage. He incaps everybody with 3 bolts, and then he can go ahead and chill them all out and still do damage. And then his damage power, which he also has only on his 550-point line uh, for his first two clicks, and then it stops to the third click and his uh, fourth and fifth click. Is free, make a close attack, but only to target an opposing character with one action token, which is kind of situational if someone bases him or whatever. So top dive's got a running shot, 12 attack with special damage, special attack power and damage power, 19 defense invincible, 5 damage, special damage power. And then on his next point line, he just has 
impervious running shot again. And he's basically just a running shot character through and through. But uh, I really like him. I really like him. He's like the king of Frost Giants right here. He's amazing. Well, that cold snap ability, it gives him incapacity. You're going to, I mean, you're going to run up six. You're going to shoot eight. You're going to hit three people. And then you're going to automatically trigger your free action to make a close attack. Um, I guess you're not going to shoot the full eight. He is a colossal, so he has a giant reach three. Uh, yep. So they don't exactly have to be based up next to him, but you got have a little bit of leeway in there. So you might get a free attack off in there. He's, he's pretty good. I like him. And the sculpt is amazing. So maybe that's why they're like, ah, we'll just reuse this sculpt because it looks so good, which it does. Um, it does look cool. Yeah. So um, I chose, I actually chose the Frost Giant. <laughs> so his counterpart. Like, hey! I, I kind of want to see people run Ymir and then a bunch of Frost Giants. You can run a that Frost Giants at 300, 200, 100, or 20 for his re- Colossal Retaliation. His Colossal Retaliation says um, place Frost Giants so they can make a close combat attack targeting the chosen character and all other opposing characters within three squares in line of fire, then do so. And that's it. So... It, it does say hit character. It's in parentheses. Hit characters are each dealt this character's combat damage. So, I mean, he just does like a wide swing just for base damage. No special shenanigans like generating carnage crap and stuff like that. Um, he's okay. He does have Indom. He does not have power cosmic like Ymir does, but he does have. Let's see. He does have a special damage power. He has no other special powers really other than the stop click which is on his very last click of his dial which is the retaliation one but it says um once you are close enough to feel their feel their chill are you you are already dead and just don't know it at the end of your turn choose one give an adjacent opposing character an action token or give each adjacent opposing character that's lower points an action token so that's pretty awesome if you play him at the 300 point and just base the living crap out of people you're gonna get that off on the first turn like the first time you base people you don't have to wait a whole turn or anything like that you're just gonna start dishing out action tokens which if you are running a one-man army that's fantastic because the number one problem with one-man armies is they just they get out actioned too easily so he's not bad they're not not great but he's not bad either I think if there were one Colossal I would be upset about pulling out in my Super Booster, it would be the Floor Colossus. But that's just me. Yeah, it's like him... Probably Miss Marvel, because she just does what, like, knockback is hers, right? Yeah, she just does like like a swing attack, it hits multiple things, and it does knockback. It's really nothing special to write home about. But she is really cheap as far as her Colossal Retaliation goes, so that's pretty cool. True. What's she coming in at? 15 points? 15, yeah. But so, I mean, even then, it's like, yeah, I'd rather have Adam. Like, no offense. I mean, just, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, but I do want to just talk about Groot really quick. He has Howling Commandos keyword. I don't know if this is because it was like the monster Howling Commandos for a while, but... If you run very specific keyworded games and you want a Colossal Retaliation that works with Howling Commandos, go ahead and pick up Grouped, I guess. That's your only option. <laughs> That's your only option. It's like, they're not going to make anybody else who's Howling Commandos and Colossal Retaliation, so knock yourself out. Right. All right, man, you got any closing words on 
figures from the set? Um, I uh, I'm gonna give an honorable mention actually to my main man Balder, since we're we're a letter off in name, and uh, that's the really the only reason I ever liked this guy. But I own every Balder, so <laughs> I love him. I mean, I, I gotta keep getting him, so I'm just you guys keep pumping them out. I'll keep buying them. And then I love the Warriors three. All the Warriors three are great in this set. Hogan, Fandral, Volsteg, they all work off each other. Amazing. I think just this set overall is pretty stellar. Yeah, it's it's very very solid. If there was one set over the past year that I would buy a brick out of or a case out of, it would definitely be the set. I don't know if there's anything in the set that I would consider a bad figure. Everything is solid, and even all the primes. Like if you if you do take a, ch- a look at all the primes, every single one of them are good, or at least pretty decent. Like even Red Leader is like, wow, okay. If you're an intelligentsia keyword collector like you're probably going to want to pick up the red leader so the leader just the normal leader red leader is the thunderbolt one the normal leader's got intelligence yeah my bad had him backwards it's just it's so <laughs> the worst part is i know somebody who collects all the intelligentsia so it's like yeah he's gonna go for it yeah it's never been one of those characters that i've ever cared about because i've never been like a huge fan of hulk villains but as far as a character goes, like just a figure in the game of Heroclix, he's he's pretty good. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and move on. I uh, put I put a poll on Twitter and asked. Uh, actually, that poll's still up for like another day or two or something like that. If people want to jump on there and vote, but we're gonna move ahead with it. And what the question was was what past segments would you like to see return to the show and pretty overwhelmingly it, it, it was close with two of them but pretty overwhelmingly we had two it was a let's so it was hidden gems so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do a hidden gems and then we're also gonna do a value corner so uh, we're gonna be going going down to that dusty old corner that hasn't been hasn't been visited for a while but let's Pretty sure we... some dude died there last week. <laughs> it's it's a blood-soaked, dusty, also dusty corner of values that has been in free. It's like a Kmart. Like no one goes there. <laughs> so, That's yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's do. Let's start with hidden gems though. And this figure popped up for me as something that used to be pretty decent, but then the rules changed happened. And when it did, I looked back at this figure and I was like, wow, this is, this is even better than what it used to be. And this, this guy used to be used, too. Uh, let's go back all the way to Mutant Mayhem. All the way. All the way back. Mutant Mayhem number 39, Havoc. This was back during the rev sets. So this is how old this figure is. But... They changed how leadership works. They changed how energy explosion works. This is now... And they changed the X-Men team ability. So this figure just got boosted up past what it, what it used to be for sure. Um, coming in at 44 points, you do have the X-Men team ability, and you have 8 printed range. He has no speed power, but he has, let's see, 6 clicks of life. And the only, the only click that you really care about is going to be click number one. 
He has Starjammers, X-Factor, and the X-Men team ability. And here's why you, this character is, is really a hidden gem now that people... I don't think anyone even remembered this being a, being a character, like one of these old clicks being any way viable. But check this out. He has 10 attack with energy explosion, which he only has one bolt, but because they changed the wording, you can now pick off groups of like little peons with this old character... For 44 points, from 8 range away, park him in some hindering terrain and just snipe people. He has 16 defense with energy ex- or, I'm sorry, with uh, energy shield deflection. So he has 18 from range. If you park him in hindering, it's going to be 19. And then he has printed 4 damage with leadership. So this, is, this character would be really good for like a kill box team. It's not much of an investment. And if he does take damage, yeah, he does become a little bit useless right there. But it doesn't matter because he has the X-Men team ability. Start just orienting him from being an offensive character to being a healer. Use the X-Men team ability. Bump up your other characters that are like your Cyclops or your Storm that are you know sitting up on uh, edges of buildings and sniping down on people for your kill box or something like that. And you've got a very viable character again. And he can pull, because of the, the wording of leadership, he can pull uh, tokens off of characters' higher point value that share a keyword. So you just park him right next to people and just roll that leadership all day long and just pick people off yeah. with energy explosion. So keep that in mind next time you're playing your Star Jammers team with uh, Captain Marvel or something like that. Pull tokens off her. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who plays X Factor and X Men. It's all about Star Jammers, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, Chaod, Chaod, whatever, whatever his name is. I hope it's Chaod. Hope. It could hope be. I don't know, but yeah, I was never a huge Star Jammers fan, but I, my brother, he's a huge X Men fan, and I was just, I remember him playing this figure back in the day, but I, I just. As soon as I remember that there were rules changes, I was like, man, this figure's pretty freaking solid. I don't know where anybody is going to get a... Like, if you want this figure, I don't know how you're going to get it. Because, like, even Cool Stuff Inc. doesn't go back that far to sets that long ago. But maybe, hopefully, you kept some of your older clicks and you're, you dig through them and you're like, yes, I have the rare Havoc from Monsters and Mutations. <laughs> He's actually, please, somebody play him on a team. Let us know how it goes. I, I think that he could do some work for you. And that is, that is I think, the definition of a, like, a hidden gem nowadays. There are, there are going to be a lot of them popping up, gems shining in the rough over here once we figure out these new rules and start to look back and like, hey, it might mess up a lot of figures, but some of these guys are amazing now. Yeah, some, so, some yeah. of them get better. No. And, and please, if you're a listener and you're thinking back and you realize that one of these figures, even back from like Infinity Challenge, because of the rules changes, started becoming like way better than what they originally were, tweet that in or email us in or something like that because I think it's going to be definitely more than this one figure. There's going to be a bunch of figures that people are going to revisit. They're going to pull out their old clicks box. They're going to be looking for just to find that old, like, I know I used to have this figure. And find it and play with it again and get some use out of your old clicks that are just sitting in those shoe boxes. 
in your attic or whatever because you just you, these you thought that they were invi- just not viable and there was a waste of space so you just shoved them away. So, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All right, it good was, stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, all right, Carter, you want you want to take a trip with me? Taking a trip? Where are we going? <laughs> we're going down to the value corner. Down to the value. That's a that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Not since like five minutes ago. Yep. But yes. All right. <laughs> um. So for this segment, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to tell Calder what the name of this figure is. I'm going to run through what this figure can do, how many points this figure is, and uh, we're going to see if Calder can guess. How much real-life money it would cost to buy a figure like this? What can they do versus what they actually cost? And sometimes you can find some figures that are damn good and you just didn't know that it was going to be that cheap to play with. So let's start this off. Calder, we have a figure. This is actually this is me cheating a little bit. It's not just one figure. Okay? It's not just one figure. It's not just one figure. Coming in at 50 points. Okay? You have what I will tell you is a very, very common keyword, a named keyword that's very easy to put on almost any – it's a very various team, okay? Uh, It has a shifting focus trait, okay? And it can shift its way into one other version. But let's let's start off with what it – what's its style look like? We have uh, some flight with some phasing. We have uh, 10 attack with Pinsai. We have 19 defense with super senses and impervious. Okay, this click is five clicks long and its attack remains 10 all five clicks. Its its damage goes uh, 2, 2, 1, 1, 1, but the first two clicks are Pinsai and the last three clicks are ranged combat expert. So 10 attack with ranged combat expert with one damage on those last three clicks. Three clicks of super senses at the end. It's a, it's a five-click dial, but it's all super senses. And the last three clicks are 18 defense. And when it has uh, those 18 defense, it also has sidestep. Okay? Okay. And then uh, let's let's shifting focus it into its other version of itself, where it goes very clearly from a range-based character with Pensai and, and range combat expert to a melee-based character where... He has uh, two clicks of sidestep, naked attack the whole dial, two clicks of invincible, still with Endom, three clicks of impervious, with two clicks of exploit weakness that have three damage apiece, and then three clicks of close combat expert with three damage apiece on each one of those. So do you know who this character is? I, uh... I have no idea. It, it, it sounds like you just you just mentioned God here because this this sounds like the most insane insane figure in the world. Just, I mean, <laughs> my goodness. It's damn solid. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. For fifty points, you, you have the option of whether you points. need your close combat or your range combat. You can only switch once per turn, but trust me, I've used this figure and it works. So, take a guess on how much you think that these two figures combined would cost you out of pocket to buy this. Man, something like that. So, jeez, my goodness, it sounds it sounds incredible. I, w- I would say, well, yeah, yeah, pay at least 
at least ten dollars or something that amazing in the game here. So oh, no, this has to be value though, right? So we'll maybe we'll cut that in half. Five dollars for the pair. Five dollars for the That's pair. That's the lowest I'm gonna go. Five dollars for the pair. So let me tell you what the figure is, and I'm, I'm assuming some other people out there at this point are like, "How do you not know what this is?" Okay. Figure came out in uh, the Avengers Defenders War. It's number six and number twenty-four. It's the Vision. Right. So he he also has the uh, Avengers keyword and the Avengers team ability, which I didn't want to throw that out there. I thought I'd give away too much. But he also has the robot keyword. So, an Avenger, I mean, you can put that on any number of teams. Like, holy crap, there are so many of them. But, solid figure. You're saying five bucks for the pair. I'm telling you right now, if you go to Cool Stuff Inc. right now, two dollars. We'll get you both of them. Two dollars. Two dollars. Now, that is, that is a deal. And I feel really bad because I actually bought both of those figures from Cool <laughs> Stuff a few weeks ago. Um, I really do think that this is a, for such a low dollar amount... For what you get for the vision, it, it, he's so good. He's so good for two dollars, and he's only fifty points, man. Basically, my little uh, my little strategy is I start him off with the phasing vision. He has flight with nine speed. So you pick somebody up, you carry him into battle, you free action turn him into uh, the regular uh, like in your face vision. Start sidestepping into people, punching them in the face for three damage. Exploit. He's got Indom. Yeah, no, he's good. He, he's really good. I played him with uh, the 50-point Captain America from the same set. We were moving, removing tokens off him. He's actually an amazing vision. Wow, I can't believe I didn't get that. That's bad. But also, his, his um, sculpt is directly ripped from one of the comic covers, and I love it so much. So... Thank you, WizKids, for that one. Appreciate that. But yeah, seriously, if, if you haven't played this vision, don't own this vision, two bucks, pick this vision up. Totally worth it. All right. Moving on. Because, and this is going to be a long episode. We, we realize this is going to be a long episode. Not every episode is going to be this long from now on out. But because we had two sets drop in the same week, we had the rule changes drop the same week. We decided, Calder and I together, we spent quite a bit of time poring over the rule book. I read the core, the comprehensive. I ripped out things. I, bl- I was blown up Calder's phone, being like, oh, here's a screenshot with changes. Look at this. This is, the- this is what's different in the game. Here's another screenshot. Here's another screenshot. I know at some point I had to have been not- like annoying the little like living hell out of Calder, but... We did manage to... At least somebody talks to me. I mean, it's, it's good to know, at least. You see, this is why people need to message you on the Facebook, and then you'll have somebody to talk to you. Exactly. I'm so bored. Do you want to talk about my Legend of Zelda fan fiction? No, okay. We're going to get the rules. Do you have Legend of Zelda fan fiction? No, no, no. It doesn't lying? get that lonely. It, it doesn't get that lonely on the ranch. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, okay, so what we did do, though, is... We created a top 10 list of changes in the rules that we believe are going to affect the way you play Heroclix. Now, disclaimer, this is not a comprehensive list. There are a lot of rules changes that are going to affect how you play the game. Second disclaimer, in no way do these changes touch the changes to the powers themselves. These are changes that I found in the core rulebooks at the core rulebook and the comprehensive rulebook, 
uh, complete with citing so we can hook you up with what page they're on and whatever. Um, it is going to affect how you play. And as we get closer to the number one, we I almost guarantee you this is going to affect how you play the game because so many things have changed. You need to know this stuff. Uh, Calder, you want to start us off with number 10? Number 10. Here we go. We need like a uh, watchmojo.com like thing that goes on when we do our like top 10 lists over here. Well, we probably don't have many of them, but no, just, that's true. I felt it was very pertinent to have one of these at least because of the new rule changes. Because seriously, dude, some of these are drastic changes that I'm like, really? They they changed that? Yep. Why? But then they did, and I'm like, it'll probably work out. Whatever. But let's go with ten. What is ten? Okay, so ten very thematic here is the maximum number of your starting action total can be is ten regardless of build total yeah so if you are playing anything higher than a thousand points or if you're playing anything like that it's 10 simple 10 and where can they find that ruling they can find that ruling on page nine of the core rule book um i am a huge fan of gigantic point games i think the largest game i ever played was like 3600 points Here's what I think is going to change about that. I think it will keep the other player more invested in the game in real time because if I have 36 actions to go through, they're going to tune out and not pay attention. If I have only 10 actions to go through, then they'll be paying more attention because their turn is coming up sooner, which only makes more sense. So, uh, Anything about that? Any else, anything else? Uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love playing these games like this. And with the old, you know, kind of rules with leadership, I would have so much leadership on my team. It would be insane. But now it's very simple. Basically, you need to know that you don't need to pack any leadership when you have a 10,000-point game unless you want to remove tokens because that caps your actions. So just a thing to keep in mind is that no matter what, it's I, 10 I actions. Do... That's all you got. I do think that leadership does still uniquely modify how you get plus one there. So I do think if you're playing like a thousand point game, you'll get 11 actions. I think, as long as you have somebody on your team with leadership. But I, I you know what, this should have been disclaimer three. I should have said this earlier. New rule book, which by the way, has already been changed. There was a news, there was a rules update that was released on the press room. It changed some things already. Some of this stuff might be subject more to more changes. We don't know yet. And then also the same way that people read the law and interpret it one way and another person will interpret it a different way, if you interpret some of these rules differently than how Calder and I interpreted them, please write in. Let us know. Uh, maybe we're not even on the mark. Maybe you're right. So just tell us. Uh, but let's keep on trucking. Number nine, the damage depletion modifier is gone, with one exception, and that's team bases. But for the rest of the game, the damage depletion modifier is gone, which drastically changes a lot, especially if you have Colossals with multi-attack, if you have characters that can make multiple attacks per turn, like King Thor, or anything of the like, the damage depletion modifier is gone. What do you think about that? 
I think it's going to happen whether you like it or not. No, I'm. I, if you ask me, it's hallelujah, it's rain, man. Hallelujah. I am so happy the damage depletion modifier is gone. This is going to be, of course, wicked scary when it's used actually against me. But for right now, I love it. I love uh, it until, of course, I play against some some crazy team, and then I probably won't be loving it later. <laughs> All right. Uh, just so you know, that can be found on the WizKids rules update page on the press release. So, uh, Calder, hit me with number eight. Number eight. In fact, for those of you who like to uh, run through walls or anything of the like, if, or if you may be a member of such an amazing crew like the Wrecking Crew, you cannot run diagonally through a wall. So just to, just to keep important is that it's wall adjacency and attacking them. So you can't like attack the middle of the wall or run through the no. diagonal like you, corner you can run, of You can it. run diagonally through it. You can run diagonally through but it, you but can. you can't attack it. And it won't create debris markers. So you have to just choose one flat side of the wall yeah, to attack. It, it does say the edge of the square that you are on, you can make an attack against. According, uh, yep. according to this, adjacent squares, so diagonal squares, say there's a wall and it runs um, directly in front of your character and then to the left and to the right. It makes the wall. The left and the right options are no longer considered adjacent. And you cannot attack them with a, a destroy uh, a destroy attack. Um, I don't know how I feel about that at all. How do you feel about that? It's really weird. Like not adjacent, not adjacent. So it's just I don't understand the limiting on this personally. I think it's just very odd. But ah, yeah, I don't know. See, one of the common little tactics that I used to use was I'd have a character right next to a wall, right? And I'd use that character to make a close combat attack, and I would blow out the adjacent wall, and now there is a direct line of fire for my ranged character that's sitting on one side of the wall, through the wall, and then I can peg a character on the other side. And there's no no blocking of that hole that you just created because your melee character is standing off to the side or something like that. Now I can't do that. Which I, I know for a fact I did that at um, let's see, not Origins, Gen Con, just a couple weeks ago. You blow out a wall and you have people shooting through the hole right next to them. Like it, it was very common practice for people and now it's not. Now you can't do that. Where can they find that ruling? They can find that ruling on page number 17 for the knockback. No, that's knockback. Stuff on the wall. Oh, sorry, that's not My bad. Wow, we're talking about walls. That's bad. Uh, 21. <laughs> 21 and 23. Not on page 21 and actually, 23. Yeah, it's a combination uh, of different places, and I noticed that there were multiple rulings that have changed that are in different places. Some are in the core rule book, some are in the comprehensive rule book, some are in both where it says one thing in, in one place and then in addition it says a different thing in another. It's it's all over the place a little bit. Speaking of that example, uh, number seven, knockback rules. Uh, knockback paths have changed and it used to be where you would kind of draw a line between the character you have and the character you're attacking 
let's hypothetically say that you're making a ranged combat attack uh, and you're not on a direct diagonal, okay? You're like one square up and two squares over, so it's not a direct diagonal. You make an uh, attack, you do knock back, you would draw, normally you would take your character line directly to that character and then extend that line and then get as close to that line as you can with your knockback. That is no longer the case. Um, on the core rulebook, page 17, they have changed it so that, and, and this one is actually pretty hard to explain without a visual representation, but if a character makes an attack on another character at an odd, not direct diagonal, the knockback path would still follow the direct diagonal. And it's easier, it makes more, it doesn't make more sense like with physics, but it makes more sense for a game mechanic. And I think that's okay. It's going to cut down on weird, like calling the judge over, like, he does knockback, it's three squares, do I end up in this square or in this square? Now you should theoretically never have to call over a judge because the the diagonal or the knockback is always going to be in direct lines, uh, diagonal, vertical, or horizontal. Yep, the uh, next closest direct diagonal line that you can call out between you and your opponent. Yeah. yeah. So that that's uh like I said on core core rulebook page 17. An additional knockback rule that they changed is uh, knockback is always optional, uh, but it's either all or nothing. Meaning, if you charge in and you use Quake and you hit three characters, you do not get to choose which knock which characters get knocked back. Like, oh, I'm definitely gonna knock that one back. I'm not gonna knock that one back, and I'm gonna knock. No, you either knock all of them back or none of them back. So it's either or. You don't get the choice. That is gonna be on the comprehensive rulebook, page number ten. Uh. Yes, no, yay, nay, like it, not. Yeah, well, it, it kind of helps clear everything up. It's much easier than being like, hey, judge, as you go over here, I, exactly like you were saying earlier, so. Yeah. It's better. And then saying it's like, eh, do whatever you want, man. It's like, eh, okay, well, no knockback then, I guess. Or maybe knock them all back. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's fun. Uh, yeah, hit me with uh, number six. Number six. Oof, the logo there. So we're going to talk about attacks and hitting. So effects that trigger off of a character being hit happen now, before dealing damage. Right now. Right now in this second. All the attacks just got it. No. So they happen whenever now is during the game for you, before dealing damage. So anything when a character would get hit, right? So, like, super senses, when this character would be hit by an attack, whatever, you roll super senses, kind of helps to go with this. Speaking of super senses, because we might as well go with that, Critical hits cannot be evaded by Super Senses because that character becomes hit. Instead of would be hit, it becomes hit, which is just a nice, fun little piece of wording for everybody there. Uh, earlier I was trying to come up with an example off the top of my head of that first thing you said where if a character is hit, whatever effect that your character's special ability or whatever it says, when a character would be hit, do this. I could not come up with one off the top of my head. But I know for a fact that there have been issues in the past where I'm like, okay, I do damage, and then this, when they get hit, effect, now this takes effect. And I, there were some wording that were a little murky, and you didn't know if it was, is this before or after damage is dealt. So now, all hit, quote, in quotes, hit. 
um, effects, they resolve before damage is dealing, and I think that that will clear up a lot of that. So that was good. And then screw screw uh, super senses because I can't tell you how many times I've rolled critical success, critical hits, and then they super sense out of it, and that is bullshit, and that should never <laughs> happen in the first place. <laughs> there is nothing worse than rolling double sixes, and your opponent's like, oh, I'm going to roll uh, super senses. Oh, I got it. And I'm like, really? Screw you, guy. <laughs> uh, you like that? I assume you like that. No, I love it. No, it's great. It makes perfect sense. The the changes they're making kind of around the power of super senses, like with precision strike, and then with this, make a lot more sense now. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah, super senses kind of got nerfed, like really bad. They just got kicked in the balls, man. Really bad. They're like, ah, precision strike works against you or doesn't work, whatever. Um, okay, so number five. This is the number five. Number five. This one's super easy, but it will affect you. Theme team probability is control. Theme team props completely maxed out at five. And that's on your core uh, rule book, page 33. But I hate this. <laughs> I hate it so much. I love playing huge games. There were games I've played where I've had like, well, hell, I know for a fact when I played that 3,600-point game, I had 36 theme props. <laughs> It was amazing. I loved having 36 theme props. You're just like using them all willy-nilly. You don't care. You have 36 of them. Not anymore. You have five. You have five. And five. Eight. So. This really hurts yeah. big games, but it actually, <laughs> it helps smaller point games because you can actually have five theme props on a team and only a 300-point game or whatever since it's not limited by uh, the point total anymore. It's just... Starting Force, the name theme team, can use TTPC. The last character on that force, he's probably can up to X number of times for that force. And it's equal to the number of characters with the chosen keyword. It does not say it's limited or restricted by points, whatever the force construction point would be. So that's kind of nuts. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I think it will speed up games. But I hate it so much. <laughs> I love having 36 theme props. <laughs> Whatever, moving on. Who doesn't? Uh, after that heartbreak. Yeah, right. Uh, first turn immunity. Number four. Number four. Uh, this is great. So, after the beginning of the game phase and until each player has finished their first turn, characters can't be moved, placed, damaged, or targeted by the effects of an opposing character game element unless they leave their starting area. Or, for our cases, starting squares. If they're like Utah or whatever, they just start randomly in the middle of the map or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, those, yep. uh, those characters like your Kingdom Come, if you're playing them on their low point. Oh, yes, them uh, too. They, they're sitting out there. They have first turn immunity your first turn. They, they can't be touched. And unless you leave your starting area with the other guys on your team, they can't be touched either. Which means you can do stupid stuff like... Um, let's see. Well, um, skipping ahead just a little bit, but it's a really good example. Say you have an equipment on your team and your character um, wants to go grab that equipment real quick and run back to your starting area. It has to be outside. It has to be five or more squares away. So you're sitting on the edge of that uh, starting area. You run out five. You grab it. You run back. 
you're still in your starting area. Uh, next turn, you can equip that thing. And they can't attack you in the meantime. So that's cool, I guess. Just stay inside the bubble right here. We're good. Yeah, just, Pretty simple just, to, yeah. Just stay inside the bubble. All right, number three. And this is the one that I'm absolutely most excited for. Not the one that's going to affect you the most, but definitely the one I'm most excited for because I, I use these guys all the time. ID cards. And I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a prediction right now. ID cards will definitely start being used more because of these changes. So what did they do to ID cards? Well, what do we know about ID cards, or what do we used to know about ID cards? You had to use them at the beginning of your turn. The character had to have no action tokens. You give them an action token. You call in somebody. Yada yada. Okay. Well, first of all, it's not the beginning of turn anymore. You just give your character a power action whenever you want to in the turn and you can generate somebody next to you secondly they can have an action token which means you can theoretically call in somebody and then next turn call in somebody with the same character now they still have to be within five squares and they can't be carried and all that stuff like that's all still the same but the fact that you can call them in now in the middle of your turn if you need them the fact you can do it at last minute, like, oh, man, I'm going to use this character on my turn. I'm going to give him an action token. I've passed turn. The opponent does something that you did not expect, and now it's back to your turn, and you're like, oh, shit, I wasn't planning for them doing that. I really wish I could call somebody in. If I would have known they were going to do that, I wouldn't have used my character, making sure that they didn't have an action token. Now it doesn't matter. Now you can do it with an action token on a character, give him a second action token. Um, and then... On top of that, they changed how the inspirations work. The way the inspirations work now is that they basically trigger when the character that you're bringing in is placed on the map. So they're all adjacent. Uh, inspirations, it's when they are adjacent. When they are placed on the map, it checks for who is it right next to them. The characters that are right next to them are going to get that inspiration and they are going to maintain that inspiration until your next turn, even if that ID card character is KO'd or changes adjacency as in they're not adjacent anymore. So you don't have to be right up somebody's butt anymore to make sure that you get that inspiration. Now, conversely... It, only, it still only covers the people that are there when it's placed, so you cannot move a character adjacent to the call-in character and gain the inspiration. Only the characters that were right next to it get it, but they keep it until your next turn, which is fantastic. Um, by the way, that's on. Uh, it's in the comprehensive rulebook, pages 13 and 14. It's a bit of a long, uh, longer thing in there, but I think those were fantastic changes and i really do think that they we're going to see an uptick oh, in the number of id cards we we on. definitely are we definitely are because when you would use an id card before you'd have to like plan out everything you'd have to do like the turn before and then be like all right then i'm gonna bring this person in hopefully hopefully if they do that and they do this and this thing all works it's all going to chain together and it's going to be amazing now, if you actually need to make a few more things, like say you need to set up the shot a little bit better before you bring in your Chase Hawkeye or whatever with the shield level 7, you can do that, and then you can have somebody else call them in. So it's just, 
it makes it a little bit more, I'm not even going to say viable because ID cards are always been super viable, but it makes it that much easier to use ID cards and implement them into your force and during your game. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. And then in addition to that, they totally dropped hints. Now, they named one character specifically. Uh, maybe they were just Hail Mary and that one out there, but they said that they're changing how the names work on the ID cards, as in they're get, going to get rid of that whole real name identity thing where the real name has to match up I, just identically. Um, for example, uh, the Robot Man card does not ro- work with uh, Robot Man from... Oh, God, what set was that? Where he has the next wave keyword. I can't even remember at this point. But they didn't work together. You couldn't call him in. Oh, you mean Machine Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Machine Machine, Man. Okay, Aaron Stack, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Aaron Stack on that card said Aaron Stack, and then in parentheses it had his, like, robot designation, which means you could not call in that character with the ID card because it had to match identically. They're saying that they're going to move away from that and they're going to give like alternate uh, names as a possibility of call-ins, and they specifically said that if you if they made a Jean Grey card, an ID card, you would have the ability to call in Miss Marvel characters as well as Phoenix characters, which opens up the whole idea of ID cards again. So look forward in the future for there to be some very uh, versatile ID cards most likely on both DC and Marvel side, it's going to be great, where you can call in all kinds of various identities from these call-in cards. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be actually, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, I, I'm so excited for these changes, for the ID card changes. I, I thought that that's how they should have worked to begin with, and I think that they were probably trying to balance them when they first made them up by you know limiting them so that you can only use them at the beginning of the turn and yada yada. But now it's like, this is exactly what I was expecting. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Really, the part I like the most is that it makes, it reassures that ID cards aren't going to be like a fad, just going to be like a two-set gimmick, like, you know, whatever the FX were. Now they're going to be like, we're going to make more ID cards, we're going to make them easier to play, a bit more clear on the rules, like, because that's awesome, because I love ID cards and I want them to make more of them. It's just yes, this is so amazing for so many reasons. Well, you notice they didn't. They obviously did not move ID cards to the past rules section. Also, so yeah. If they didn't do that, I mean, we can expect more in the future, and I'm all for that. That's gonna be great. It would be fantastic if they made an entire like X-Men set with student ID cards, where you could bring in all of your classic X-Men characters. With that. that'd be great. Can I see your library card? Like, oh yeah, it's right here. Hey, all I'm there saying is that right, they have not made a Cerebro resource. I think we're about due. Ooh, that would be cool, actually. Uh, all right, hit me with number two, Calder. Number two, team ability changes. So, team abilities, you know team abilities. There's a little thing on the back of the dial that looks really cool. So, going over probably the simplest team ability change is Avengers and Justice League. Instead of being, it was, when this character has a move action, it doesn't count through your action total. Instead, they just get a plus one to move, which can be sort of helpful in some situations. It's not horrible. The Then a more drastic one, if you were doing this 
before the Batman enemy and Sinister Syndicate ones has to be the printed attack value of an adjacent friendly character, which basically means no more chaining off effects that you might have done with like the Sinister Syndicate or Batman enemy guys from Spider-Man or Joker's Wild. And I'm pretty sure that is also the case for Defenders and JSA is also printed defense value for them. And then Brotherhood and Injustice League, they have a really cool change, which is when this character hits with an attack and rolls a 10 through 12, remove a token after actions resolve from after resolution, sorry, from the attacker, which is nuts. Yeah, that's sweet. I actually, I mean, I can't remember. I've only played a Justice League a few times. I'm a big Lex Luthor guy, so I, I like to try to get out there and play a few times. That is awesome. I absolutely love that change so much. I, mean, I think that really, because let's be honest, those two team abilities are very underused, and most people don't want to play characters that have those. They're not. I mean, they aren't your. They aren't your Spider-Man teams. They aren't your Justice League. They aren't your Avengers teams. They don't have the biggest name characters. But if you're like, I really love the Brotherhood of Mutants. Now this is just an even more incentive to be like, hell yeah, let's play the Brotherhood. If I roll ten through twelve, <laughs> I get free attacks basically. Now it should be said, you get the action token, and then you remove it. It's after it resolves. So yep. if you have one action token and you don't have willpower. You get your second action token, you take one unavoidable, but then you remove it. So you're still taking unavoidable, but yep. you get extra attacks in if you roll well enough. That's great. See, exactly. And it's like, it's really rewarding for going out there making an attack. Hey, I rolled high enough. Boom. Don't have to take a token for the attack. It's pretty sweet. And then to cover the um, universal team abilities, Mystics has a pretty huge change. Uh, each time this character takes damage from an opposing character's attack, after resolution, steal the attacker one penetrating damage, uncopyable, so no longer unavoidable damage, it's one pen, and then you can't copy Mystics anymore, so there's no more Thunderbolting Mystics, no more really just anything with that, and then now that it's only penetrating, characters invincible don't take Mystics damage. Yep. So. And not only that, but in a way, it's all because they nerfed Mystics. They almost nerfed Wild Cards because you can no longer yep. copy it. So it's like, what else are you going to copy? If you're not copying Mystics, what are you copying? So, um, what what are those Wild Card changes though? The Wild Card changes. Oh yes, exactly. Uh, is that they can only copy one team ability per turn. But the really cool thing is they get to keep that. So even if the character they were copying from gets KO'd, they can still keep that team ability as long as they don't choose a new one. Yeah, um, so the reason why you can only choose one per turn is because the PAC labels it as a free action. So because you cannot copy the same free action yes, in a turn, okay. uh, that is why you can't do it. Now, that used to be the case. In, in the older rules, you, you can't activate the same effect with a free action twice in the same turn, but they actually made um, one exception to that rule, which was the wildcard team abilities. Well, that exception no longer exists. So, but it is really sweet, though, if you do decide to copy a team ability from whoever, and then that whoever gets KO'd, you still have that team ability. That's, that's good, I guess. All right. Anything else on team hey, we'll take it. 
Um, no, I I checked actually the wording on charge because since her charge doesn't say her running shot doesn't say replace, it just says have. I was thinking maybe Avengers and Justice League members could get a pretty much a plus one to movement when they charge or use running shot, but no, it's not the case. Okay. Since it's just a have and not replace, it'd be it'd be nice if it was replace and modify, but since it says have, does not work sadly. So it's a little crying gotcha. crying face there. All right, Coder, are you ne- are you ready for number one? I'm ready for number one. The Okay, legitimately, I believe this will affect everyone's game, hands down, no matter what. Uh, Objects and special equipment. The number of changes that they made to these and how drastic those changes are is going, like, please, if you're not the type of person that you're just like, I'm not going to read the rule book, I'm just going to show up at my local shop and I'll let them tell me what I need to know for changes. No, you really really should read these because these need to be burned into your memory. Um, let's start off with the variety of objects on your force. What do you remember when you used to be able to put objects on your force, Calder? What could you put on your force? Like, uh, how many? Uh, I could put. Uh, I'm thinking I was allowed to put a few. I was like three standard objects on my force last I checked, and I could put a. Uh, was it two heavies and a light? Is normally what I did. Could could never put three heavies out there or anything like anything crazy like that. Right. What, so. what about equipment? Right, because it's it's considered. Oh, object. you just. You can only put one of those in your horse. Only one of those. Okay. And they take out one of your object squares. Only one. Hey, what was Don't that set that just came out that has like 24 weapon objects in it? Or 25, something like that? What was that set? It's like uh, the, the Mighty, Mighty Thor. Does that sound I about right? I think that that might be right. right. Um, yeah, uh-huh. okay. So on the core rulebook, page number 25, you can put whatever you want to on your force now. You can have, no, is that no rules? What is that? Yeah, you. Yeah, there's basically no rules on what you put on your fours. You can have three objects. They can be three lights. They can be three heavies. They can be three special equipment objects if you want to. You can put the adamantium ball and chain. By the way, I just checked. There's 25 including the adamantium ball and chain, 24 in the set. Uh, you put the axe, the healing casket, and bladed hammer on your team if you want to. Or if you don't want to put any of those, you just want all heavy objects or all light objects. Um... Yep, you can do that. Because with kids. <laughs> that is just bonkers. <laughs> Man. Um, I don't know why they decided to make this change. I love it because it's part, part of the fun of EuroClix is making your team how you want to make your team. So being limited to, well, I can only put one special object on my team. It doesn't matter anymore. You can put three special objects on your team now. And who knows what special objects are to come? We know about these 25 that we got, but who knows what's going to come down the line where you can mix and match. Your Thor set, there's probably going to be some in the upcoming Harley Quinn set. It's going to be great. Or if you don't want to reuse any of those and you're like, well, I don't have anybody on my team with super strength, but because of everyone now having the inherent ability to pick up light objects, you can put three light objects on your turn on your team have three different characters pick one up and then run in and at least get a possibly get an additional one damage on each of your attacks this is this is great especially for those teams that you're like well i don't have anybody like back in the old days i don't have anybody that has super strength um but back in the day when you could when you had ultralights and you could put one ultralight on your team or i you know, two ultralights, 
No, was it two ultralights? I think it was always just one. one? I don't know, maybe. One ultralight, and, and then you could, like, do a little some shenanigans with that. Now you just put three lights on there, and everyone has the ability to pick it up. So that is a massive change. And that is def- – like, you're definitely going to see that. And you're definitely going to see teams that have three special objects on their team. Because why wouldn't oh, you? Oh, sure. Why wouldn't you? Um What's uh so that's that's uh, a we wrote these down into like A B C and stuff like that. Uh, Calder, you wanna you wanna go ahead and take over B? Did you die? Let me go. What? Did no, I kill I you die, with boredom? So, no. We're good. We're good. Objects and ladder fights. How can I be bored when we're talking about talking about hero clicks and pieces of cardboard that you put on the uh put on the map? Yep. I don't know how you could how could you ever be bored of that, Chris? Truth. Truth. Exactly. Whoa, whoa! Did, so, you, did you put a did you put a th on the end of that? Th, yeah. It's an f. Truth. Oh, Truth. sorry. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Uh. All right. So, objects placed on the map do not affect terrain of the map or movement or line of fire in any way, with one exception. The exception is that when drawing line of fire and otherwise clear line of fire through a square containing a heavy object, becomes hindered what's that which mean? makes complete it means that it's <laughs> when they are going through hindering terrain or a hindered object they would get your targets would get plus one to their defense scary i know right so this this actually this actually really makes sense because if you if you pay attention to what's actually printed on a light object um somebody standing a few squares behind a manhole cover probably shouldn't get a plus one to defense like on these light objects like a trash can or a car tire like whatever albeit some light objects are something insane but a heavy object which is like an engine turbine or a dumpster or a car yeah probably not going to be super clear to see that person so now you can just walk over objects and everything that's pretty nice yeah that is sweet so no more cutting off a hallway by putting a couple of objects there you know, for people that maybe don't ignore hindering terrain and making your team stop. That's one thing you can't do anymore, but it makes sense. Uh, all hypersonic speed characters that don't have the wing symbol just inherently got stronger. A little bit better. Just, just, yeah. Not a lot, not a lot, but there are people who have used that strategy of placing down objects in a hallway, intentionally blocking a hypersonic speed character from running in, as in they would just stop. No longer. They can run right, or, right through it. So there's that. But, there's that. yeah, I mean, and you used to, people would put light objects on there, and you'd, you'd hide behind a manhole cover, and you'd, you'd have st- you'd, you'd sit on it, and you have stealth, and now people can't draw light of fire to you. Well, no longer for that yep. purpose. But, I mean, because you can now put three heavies on your team, uh, maybe people won't be playing lights because they don't need to or they don't want to. It's their option now. Um, last thing, and this is actually something that was already covered. Uh, this is on the core rule book, page 35. Special objects have to be at least five squares from starting area, which as long as you're fast enough, you can get it on first turn and sit in your first turn immunity. So yeah. 10 or higher on your speed and first turn you can get back into your starting area with your special objects so man i'm just excited for all these object changes 
these are definitely my favorite changes about the, the all of the changes. I absolutely really love the ones that are based off objects. Since the game's already going in a direction where we're going to use objects more anyways, it just makes everything a lot less complicated and a little bit easier and maybe maybe a bit hectic at some times. We're bringing like three special objects in, but that's going to be really cool. I cannot wait to implement this into a few games. I think it's definitely going to add more variety to the team and open up. Um, so we're complaining about meta and about how it's a little bit stale and you see the same characters and... Man, I'm I'm just convinced that this is going to open it up, so it's going to be more diverse. It's going to be sweet. It is absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's that's our top ten. Uh, I really hope you guys liked it. Now, obviously, this was a very subjective list. This is just ones that we thought would be more applicable to most games of HeroClix. Now, maybe you play a completely different way or maybe your local group plays a different way because you know that you always have those um, like micro-metas, that's I guess what we'll call it, where you can have areas of town or different venues where some people play entirely different metas than what other people play and then it won't affect so these rules changes are going to affect people differently but based off of my play style this is definitely how it would affect me you all right definitely yeah you know i'm always getting beat by that guy who's playing jack of hearts from the avengers set it's just ah no i can really no i can suck it too no uh no i think it's really cool why have they never remade him i don't know I don't know. Actually, you know what? I'm glad they never remade him. Screw him. He Aww. pops up in Avengers or... Assemble and then just detonates. Disassemble and just detonates. <sighs> Whatever. And you know what? I don't feel bad if someone's like, oh, spoilers. That was like 10 years ago. Whatever. It was a long, long time <laughs> ago. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go on to community. I posted a community question a couple weeks ago. The question was, which set of chases were your favorite and why? Hashtag not that I ever pull them anyway. Um, Calder, what is your favorite set of chases? You know, I really wanted to say that my favorite set of chases were from the Captain America set, but for the simple reason they put Weapon X in there, I cannot go with them. Why? So the only other... Just, it's so weird. It's like you get Captain America, Captain America, Captain America, and it's like, oh, hey, Wolverine's in a tank. I'm like, oh, that's... That's interesting. That's really... <laughs> that's out of nowhere. That's interesting. That's, um, it's just, yeah, go ahead. I, I love, but I will actually, I'm going to go with the Iron Man set chases, the Invincible Iron Man set chases. These are the only other chases from the set where I'm like, I need to own all these guys. They're just, they are so cool. Oh, I mean, I love, it's just like, you go on to History Channel with these guys. It's so cool. See, I, I love I'm the such a, I mean, I'm such a comics purist that I can't like those chases based solely off the fact that they're not derived from an actual character. All of those chases were just comic book covers. Like, but they look so cool. I mean, like, they have you, look like... cool, but I'm like, those aren't even real characters. They're just on one comic book cover one time. They were never they even used in comics. Whatever. But that's... They are. Man, so how did you feel when was it, Iron Pharaoh got nerfed into the ground and no one used him anymore? Oh, him? I was super happy because he's the last one I needed and I could finally afford him. <laughs> okay, all right. That was great. But, no, I care just like Iron Slayer. It's like, I'm, how am I not going to play, like, Cowboy Hat Iron Man who's a zombie monster hunter or whatever, you know? like. 
paladin sword, you know, the pat, I mean, that's, they, they were just too cool. I mean, even though they're not really comic accurate in any sense of the way, they look, they're aesthetically pleasing, as some would say, and then they just look sweet. They look sweet, and they play really cool, and they incorporate off each other. I like it when a chase set uses something like income, like, if that guy dies, he can go back in time and become whatever, a different person. So that was always a really cool trait they had. That makes sense. Uh, my, what about you? My, my answer you, to this question is that I I think I psychologically talk myself out of liking chases. That way I can save money. Like, like I'm like, nope, I hate those. I hate all of them. That way I don't have to buy them. But uh, if I had to pick, uh, I don't think, honestly, I don't think that I would go with what are called chase or what are called chases now. But back in the day, they were called chases. And that would be uniques. That's what used to be chases. And I legitimately, I still love the ultimate set, man. Like, if you if you scroll back to the ultimate set, I'm, I'm gonna go back real quick because I can't remember. It's a long way back. It is a long way back. It's uh, let's see, it came out in 2004. Uh, let's see, scroll all the way down. Scroll all the way down. All right, what do we have? We have. No, not even all of the uniques. I just just the ones that were based around the ultimates. You had Ultimate Hole, Ultimate Thor. I actually really, really did like Ultimate Magneto because that was really the ultimate universe of Magneto. Um, then you had Iron Man. Uh, that was awesome. And then I actually really enjoyed Zorn as well. Not the ultimate universe, but um, I really just thought that Zorn was a really cool character. And I think they only ever made like one other version of him, and it was from the same set. And it was like a, it was like a mail-in. You you could buy God, what set was that? I can't remember now. Maybe it was a set. You could buy like a, a issue of some gaming magazine, and in there was like a a little five dollar mail-in thing, and they would send you this this Zorn and whatever. But. I think Wow, they were they were already getting ready for his TV show like ten years ago. That's awesome. Ten years ago, what? What? No, I don't know. It's like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Gotcha. So um, Hero Clicks was like, "Hey, check out the Zorn guy." Yeah, it was, like, uh, oh yeah, his son is gonna have a TV show here in a few years. It, it's actually number two hundred. By the way, this is back in the day when rev sets were a thing, so you could get up to like two hundred figures. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, they, they uh, didn't actually make it all the way up to... It's kind of like how they made they made gravity feeds for a while, and they'd make it up to, like, uh, 76 figures, and then they'd start at, like, 101, 102, 103. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, instead of instead of him being uh, named Zorn, uh, his name was Magneto, but it was the Zorn sculpt on a flight stand, and even back in the day, he was just hella fun to play with 12 attack and dual rage whatever anyway that was like my favorite grouping of i guess chases and it wasn't even all of them but those are my favorites uh we did get multiple responses and what i loved about it was they were so varying like so varying um so mr clicks actually tweeted in and said the original zombie chases from supernova back when a chase was a chase i think they were one per 10 cases or something like that can you imagine what it would be like if that were still a thing? That's like ultra that would chase. Be crazy. They multiply the rarity by like five, and <laughs> but that used to be a thing. 
Um, Coach Stepp said the Avengers Assemble Chase figures were legit, super powerful, and excellent sculpts. Great dials as well. Plus, I loved the colored bases, and I could not agree more. Uh, having, I do agree. Having colored bases on Heroclix is just a fun thing. Like, they could be puke green for all I care, but if it was a different color than black, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Like... The nasty zombie brown that they had. For that the was okay cases, with me. It made total that, sense. I that was, was like, good. Yeah, let's do this. Like that was cool. You had um, you had the yellow uh, bases from what was it? Teen Titans, I think. Teen Titans, yeah. Uh, the just, uh, the gold for all the duo chases right. in Chaos War was really cool. Uh, yeah, I remember those. And then uh, also half of why I played in the Civil War event was just the fact that. The red bases were on all of the uh, pro registration side. Now they said that the uh, anti registration side was blue, but I'm calling horse hockey like somebody. Dude, it is so not blue. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Uh. Someone screwed up at the factory and added a little bit too much pigment to it, and they're like, ah, well, just whatever, just send it, send it out. You have to look really hard to just barely see blue yeah. at those bases. Um, Nelson Ramos tweeted in and said the phoenix 5 from uh the wolverine and the x-men set as soon as avx dropped i knew the phoenix 5 would be chases and i knew i'd have to catch them all sweet pokemon reference by the way and then hey. and then also i just priced all of those again like yesterday all five of them will still run you over like 120 bucks something like that so if you need them and you have 120 bucks to burn in your pocket you can still get them um Brandon Roberts said, oh, KC for sure from World's Finest. God, I hate playing against those things. They're too powerful. I would. They are. They are. <laughs> they're just beat sticks. But they're cool chases. I mean, they are They are awesome. From a guy who's like, what are all these KC chases people are hawking on about? So then I had to read Kingdom Come. I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it now. That's awesome. Yeah, no, they're, they're really, they're good. I'm glad they made them. Kingdom Come was an amazing storyline. I just don't like fighting them but i can still never hit that green lantern's defense yeah it's just a pain Sam, in the butt. <laughs> um chad lemoyne said and speaking of you said it earlier zombies from deadpool and guardians yep. of the galaxy so they 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 do deserve pretty good shout outs i'm with you chad i'm with you yeah i really because... i really liked the fact that you, it was a team base now you can shit on team base yeah wrong, but the yeah. fact that your chases went on to a team base and you can team base like, that was cool I like that. It's like, you know how much money this team base is worth? It's worth like $10, but how many figures I had to get? Like, oh, it's insane. Um, I, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's just, it's too beautiful, because I'm still working on collecting all those, and I love I love the zombies too much. So much, and it's just, I was so happy. They're, I was so happy they when they said those were chases. Too, man. Like that oh, they were Z-Bot great. Thing, that was good. I liked it. Um, okay, so uh, Greg Miller said, easily War of Light. I could not disagree more. I hated this. <laughs> no, no. Um, I did. I, I pulled one of those and immediately traded it off. But I can see the allure to it. But I just I hated the idea that people, because this was before they they changed and added the whole like equipping and linking rules and stuff like that. And I didn't like showing up to the shop and there'd people be like, oh yeah, I have three entities on this one figure. And then I was thought like that people were cheating. They'd be like, "You chose impervious, right?" And they're like, 
Uh, no, I chose this instead. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that you chose him. No, no, I'm do you need me to call a judge over here? I can call a judge. I'm like, what, so you can just tell him that you said this and I can tell him I thought you said something Yeah. Else? Like, it's just my word versus yours. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, so I just, yeah, that put a bad taste in my mouth. Now, as figures, yes, they were really solid. Yes, they changed the game. And I'm, I guess I'm glad that they made them just for the complete off-the-wall mechanic that we accept now because it's normal now, but... When they yep. came out, the idea of equi- equipping a character to another character was like, what? But why? Dude, that was a baptism by fire. That was just going headfirst into it. Like, oh, that was insane. Yeah. Um, so Sebastian Facal, Fackel, maybe, also said KC from World's Finest. So there's two two votes for that. Um, Z-Click said Spider-Verse from Spirit of Frozen Spider-Man. Cool characters and very playable. Uh, yeah. 100% agree. Yep. Uh, they were very cool. Did, did they have colored bases? Nope. They they were just black. Oh, it's uh, Amazing Spider-Man that I was thinking of. Oh, those are red yeah. with like a web pattern. Did they have a web pattern? Yeah, I, think I don't they had know. A red, yeah, a web pattern on them, which was a great idea. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that your fans want. I don't know why I couldn't I couldn't tell you, but it was really cool looking. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled up Prodigy just to just to see what it. Yeah, man, that was so cool. What a good idea. Um, Samuel Jeffrey said the seven deadly sins. I would never have guessed that anyone would have guessed the seven deadly sins. That that would be their favorites? No, probably not. But I mean, I was. They were. They were kind of cool like they all ended in seven and stuff like, yeah that's neat I, I guess I kind of see the allure I, there have been multiple fictional things that have been based off the seven deadly sins so it's like oh, it's very oh. it's a reoccurring thing in, in society tons, uh, let's, tons for example Gilligan's Island is it's oh yes it's pulled from the seven deadly sins like all of the characters represent a different sin um, and that's not hearsay. That's actually the creator of, uh, or the writer, creator. Can't remember. Um, totally true. Um, he acknowledged years later that they totally were based off of the Seven Deadly Sins. Um, and then lastly, uh, Jonathan Davis said, "I really like the Superior Foe set. Spider Punk being my favorite, but for DC, I say either the KC from World's Finest or the Batman Chases." So there was like a split tie between Spider Man and KC, and this guy rode both lines. So there's still a split tie. <laughs> you son of a gun. Yeah, right? Um, what were the Batman chases? I can't even remember what those were. That would, that would be what, like, Green Lantern bats, Flock of Bats Batman, Speeding Bullets bats. Mm, yeah. I never played this set. I just know a guy that owns most of them, uh, and that's really about it. You know Harry that's all I who can... owns every Batman <laughs> figure ever? <laughs> uh, I, he, he didn't get rid of those when he sold his collection. I'm pretty sure he said that he kept all those. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's community. Um, I do want to go ahead and plug one more time the um, the Facebook, which is Dial H for Hero Clicks, uh, Twitter, which is Dial H for the number four Hero Clicks. Uh, you can find our old episodes. Uh, the last one was put up a year ago, but I am gonna start uploading these, so check those out on YouTube. And then lastly, uh, dialh4heroclicks at gmail.com if you guys feel like emailing us uh, 
anything you want to email us. Uh, send in questions. We can answer them on the air. Um, anything as far as plugging, Calder? Uh, yeah, I do want to give a little bit of a shout-out to um, to my mother. Without her, it wouldn't be possible. I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Jesus. Uh, I don't know what I would do without him. Uh, thank you for this award. Oh, no. No, actually, no, never mind. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. Thank you for this award. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy, uh, of course. <laughs> uh, all right, well, there's that. Um, but, you know, you, let's be honest, all seriousness, a really huge shout-out goes to the original trio of the Dial Hero Heroclix podcast, um, Drew, Austin, Hunter. Seriously, guys, it's been a wild ride from the moment that I started listening to you guys all the way up until that first time you guys brought me on to play uh, Bad Samaritan, getting onto the podcast. Like To me, it is a huge privilege. I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate you guys trusting in me to keep this going, and I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that it does, and we're passionate about it, and we're having fun, and we're keeping all this stuff up. So seriously, guys, thank you. Uh, Goddard? Yeah, hey, thanks, guys, for making that podcast the stupid. No, I, I would just echo everything that you said because this podcast changed my life, man. <laughs> no, it, it kept you uh, kept you alive out on the ranch when you were busy. Kept me, uh, kept me sane. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's it for closing thoughts this week. Uh, I do want to say that we are going to increase the number of episodes from two a month to probably four a month. Uh, Calder and I really love doing this. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun for both of us. Uh, this has been an exceptionally long episode. I promise you the episodes in the future will not be this long. We just had a lot of stuff to get through. Um, but I really sincerely hope that you guys had fun listening to us. And we've got some pretty big things planned uh, for the Dial H name. And not ready to cue you guys in on them yet, but hopefully sooner rather than later. I've got some feelers out for things. We're going to have people, more guest speakers on um, uh, from every branch, from just listener to other podcasters to YouTube channels. Uh, we're just we're just trying to grow the name, get the community going, get talking. Uh, and as I've said to multiple other people, there is absolutely no reason that we shouldn't all as uh, Heroclix fans like we're not competing with each other for listeners or anything like that we're just all we're friends we're hanging out talking about a thing that we love doing and hopefully you guys will be along for the ride so uh calder you got any last words before we sign out yeah yeah remember guys have fun otherwise what's the point all right thanks guys talk to you later Nice.